0: You got something for me? Yeah, there was some guy here from Miles Juggins looking for you. They need sparring partners for follow Creed. Put me on. There's a car. When was I here? About an hour ago. They probably look for sparring partners for Creed, you know.
1: I said that before, you dumb dago.
2: You know, I've been coming in for six years. The six years you've been sticking it to me. I want to know how come. You don't want to know. Yeah, I want to
1: know how come.
2: You want to know? I want to know Okay, I'm
1: going to tell you. Because you had the talent to become a good fighter. And instead of that, you became a leg breaker to some chief second-rate loan shark. It's a living? It's a waste of life. Do You expect me to talk?
0: Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, and welcome to episode 68 of Do You Expect This Talk. I'm your host, Becca, and joining me, as always, are my wonderful co-hosts, Chris and Dave. How are you both doing?
1: I'm feeling <laughs> wonderful, thank you.
0: <laughs> are you also wonderful, Dave?
2: I spoke at the same time we fucked that up, really, but it's oh. <laughs> a so fine. Should we do that again? No. <laughs> oh.
1: No, no, carry on.
0: Hell oh, no. This week, we are moving on... From Superman uh, And jumping into the boxing ring To go the distance As we discuss Rocky One of the greatest ever sports sagas Of the, all time
1: The man who, who, who the, the man who uh, stopped the Cold War
2: There you are He healed hearts and minds as well Chris It wasn't just a ceasefire or <laughs> yes. Don't play it down. <laughs> we were all chums afterwards
0: I'm sure when we get there I'll bust out my really bad Ivan Drago
2: impression but. He doesn't say a lot. <laughs> no, she just,
0: I would look, and that's it. <laughs> that's
2: it. Well, you've done it now. I've done it now. There
0: it is.
1: <laughs> Damn it. Maybe in a few weeks you can get some practice in. <laughs> yeah. I'll actually watch
0: the film first. But no, after 30 odd years, I've never seen this series. And now I've seen the first film. So, one down. One down and another six to go, is
1: that it? That was, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, another six to go. So, uh, yeah, I'm quite interested to see what Becca thinks of Rocky. Because I'm I'm kind of excited for it because obviously I know where it's going, um, and I'm kind of I I imagine Becca kind of knows like general generally what how the series. I think from
0: here the only way is down. Surely. Well, no,
1: no. I think you <laughs> kind of like see like you j- j- basically know like the, the main points are out of four, but I kind of just excited to go through like the journey with you, <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> Like Through flick through fresh eyes and just like see like each film as it just like changes, like as as it goes sure. as, as it gets like even more like ridiculous and bombastic and then come back down again, it's like yeah so uh, i'm I'm quite actually looking forward to uh
2: it totally follows the arc of Stallone's career and ego, and we can talk about that more as we get into it, but certainly Stallone talks about you know his head getting you know very swelled as uh, mm-hmm. as we got into the 80s and you can see it in the films we're, we're looking at a film tonight that was nominated for 10 oscars it couldn't have won 10 oscars because they were a couple in the same category uh but young and mickey uh mickey Murgis film mickey both nominated for best supporting actor it won best picture it won best director um, it won best editing it was nominated in a number of other character uh, categories. Sylvester Stallone for Best Actor. The aforementioned uh, supporting actor, Talia Shire was nominated for Best Actress or Best Supporting, I forget. I think she got the lead actress nod for that. Um, Bill Conti was nominated for Best Score and uh, Sylvester Stallone was nominated for a script. Um, this, this comes with a pedigree and you can argue about its relative merits against the films it was nominated with, because that was a particularly strong year. Um, but it comes with a pedigree. And by the time we get to the 80s, it's not only becoming fairly mindless action um, and very rote, but it's becoming a sort of festive bodybuilding as opposed to storytelling. And, and by the time you get to Rocky IV, that film is just so wrongheaded, it's untrue. It's fun in its way, but when we get there, it's the clumsiest propaganda you'll ever see in your life because Americans come off looking like pisspots on the basis of that one film. Um, and that's not what was intended, I'm sure. But and we'll get there, but we're starting with a Best Picture winner tonight. It's our first uh, on this podcast, and it might be a surprise to people who, who know Rocky 3 and 4 and maybe a couple of the newer ones to think that was the case, but it but it was, and it beat out network, all the president's men, taxi driver. This one in a very, very stacked field.
1: Was it like the underdog in itself?
2: I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. I mean, the film in general is an underdog, and we'll get into that as we go yeah. through it because this is an extraordinarily cheap film. Um, I wonder if it d- kind of
0: was in a bit of a way because I mean, those, those films that you just listed there—they're all very much, you know, going on with, with the politics. Um, than what was going on in America at the time? They were much more Yeah, they were kind of very stylistic, and um, obviously uh, had a lot of money spent on them. But also, they're also very critical of society and, and you know, and American politics at the time as well. Whereas this one is completely. I mean, there are kind of undertones from that, as you know, as we'll go through in the film. Um, like Philadelphia is obviously a very famous city, but also we see a part of it which is it kind of very impressive. poor and downtrodden.
2: But I mean, certainly, when you look at something like Network, Network is still the, la- is the last film that- to win three acting Oscars in the same year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one film isn't going to win it in separate years. You take what I mean, though. Um, yeah. Peter Finch, who was the first posthumous acting award, um, the second being Heath Ledger for The Dark Knight. Uh, Faye Dunaway won Best Actress and Jason Robards won Best Supporting Actor for that film. So again, these are films that come with pedigree, and they have survived. You know, Cineast know network. They know all the president's men. They know Taxi Driver, um, and these were multiple. You know, films with multiple nominations. As I say, you can argue about the relative merits of of these films and which deserved it. But again, I just go back to my main point that when we're, when we're deep in Rocky Four and Rocky Five and and films that that certainly lack in certain merits. It's almost hard to remember. The film started with with a film nominated for ten awards, ten Academy Awards.
1: I mean, I, I was thinking like in the alternate universe where Rocky didn't get a sequel, and but it, it, it won Best Picture, but somehow, you know, Sloan just didn't return back to the character. He just kind of, kind of like moved on with oh, his He wanted career. to
2: investigate new new yeah, new yeah new parts.
1: And I and I, and I do wonder, um, like, would it kind of have the same? Would it hold the same stature that it does now? You know, without the the backing of the other films, you know, of of, of the series, would it would it be kind of like that film that beat Network and Taxi Drivers and all the President's Men?
2: I think it's and, a double edged kind of, sword, Chris, because I, I don't know that I think I don't know that it would be as remembered. Yeah. And I think it might be one of those films that people look back and went, "Oh, the corny one won that year." Yeah. You know, a little bit of sort of intellectual snobbery towards it what the sequels have done is give it is help to give it enduring name value and it's a part of american culture now having said that there will be people listening tonight who will be surprised when we say it's a best picture winner because i think the sequels undermine the over quality overall quality of the series in some respects
1: i think I mean, there's there's probably an argument to say that um, you know as much as i do enjoy the sequels the they actually help the original somewhat because you know when you stack them next to the original, it you know I mean regardless of what you think of it, I mean it Rocky Rocky is a really really gr- good film. In fact, it's a great film, you know. But it it just kind of like it makes it look even that much better compared to like let's just say Rocky four or five or or even like like sort of the slightly lesser ones or they kind of go for like the the more blockbuster type crowd. You know what I mean? So it. It kind of like holds up the so okay but it kind of it it's still a superior film within within that canon. So it kind of it it propels it somewhat in comparison, I think. Um, so maybe I maybe. think it
2: backs that theory that you know they always say we've got one great story in us. I, I think over the years Stallone has written and directed quite a few things, and he's never really shown me. For I mean, there are significant pluses in some of these sequels. And I'm going to speak very highly of some of his work, but I think it's, I think Rocky was his story, and we'll get into that just before we go through the film as we talk about yeah. you know the, the the genesis of this film. This was a story, Rocky, Rocky, the Rocky was a story. Sorry, that Sly needed to tell, as all artists have creativity they need to get out of them, and you know he started off as a, he started off in New York City working uh, you know as he said he was pigeonholed as a heavy you know he was cast in films as you know thug number one as we were talking before we sort of came on air looking at his imdb uh list his filmography um when we get to parts of this film you know that where he, he's drinking eggs well he's drinking eggs because in real life he had no electricity no working fridge he would put some eggs on the windowsill to keep them cool and then drink them because he had nothing to cook them with, and he thought, well, that's some protein. He said he only found out years later that was really bad for him. So he lived this life. He lived poverty. He lived desperation. And he lived never being given a shot. He he wasn't in a lot before this. Certainly not of of great value. Um it all changes when he goes to see uh he gets tickets. I think they were given to him because he didn't have any money. He goes to see Muhammad Ali, Chuck Wepner. Uh Chuck Webner was known as the Bayon Bleeder, which is not the best nickname you want for a, you know. I always thought of that with football, when, like, you know, David James was known as Calamity James. And I'm thinking, you know, when when, when, it, when it's a goalkeeper, you want them to be, you know, like safe hands or something, not Calamity. <laughs> the Bayon Bleeder is not really going to, you know strike fear into people. Sonny Liston, who was the world heavyweight champion that Muhammad Ali took his first title from as Cassius Clay was his last fight before he was found dead was against Chuck Wepner and Chuck Wepner needed something like 130 stitches after that fight. He he bled very freely. He had an okay record. It was something like 30 and nine. He'd lost about when you scale that up to Rocky's record, which is something like 64, 44 wins and 20 losses. They're kind of similar and Chuck Wepner was Ali's first fight after the Rumble in the Jungle, the 1974 Zaire fight when he won his title back from George Foreman at the age of 32, which was relatively advanced for that age. And Foreman was a wrecking ball we had we didn't see the likes of again until Tyson. Now, after that, Ali started taking, by and large, easier fights. I mean, he did have a third Frazier fight that... Thriller in Manila, but I think he saw Chuck Webner as an easy payday. They fought in March 1975, and Ali barely trained for it. You can see all of this in this film. And somewhere around round nine, 15 round fights in those days, uh, Webner put Ali on the floor. He decked him. Now, Ali wasn't, what Ali had wasn't a, a cast iron jaw, but he had enormous powers of recuperation lennox lewis for example knocked down twice in his career but knocked out twice in his career ali was put down about five times but got up every time and and was fighting fairly evenly quite soon afterwards in every case when you actually watch a replay of the fight he kind of steps on ali's toe and kind of half pushes him it's debatable whether it was a real knockdown but he was so embarrassed by that ali he went for a knockout like never before and stopped Wepner with 19 seconds left in the fight. Uh, This inspired uh, Stallone to go home and write this because he saw his own story in this, and he went home and wrote Rocky in three days. And it changed. You know, the final version of the film has differences to that script, but we have to give credit to that. But this was a desperate jobbing actor who then went to try and sell this script and was offered lots of money for it, to sell it, and let people like Ryan O'Neill or James Kahn play the role. And he took a tiny amount of money, a relatively small budget, just over a million for this film, to be in it himself, because it was his one shot.
1: Which, too, he does take some balls, really, doesn't it? It's, it You know, not many people would actually do that. They normally sort of, like, think, OK, well, I'll take the, the screenwriting credit, and then, and then try and work with that. But he kind of like saw the, saw like a a bigger picture. It's like no, this is my story. I have to play him, you know. Um, yeah. And it's like, and it's like, well, good on you, <laughs> you know. Good, good on you for like sticking to the wall. And it kind of makes it kind of makes Rocky like, even though it 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 was his one story, should we say? But it, it is almost like Stallone's story. Like, you know, there are parallels in Rocky to what Stallone was in his own life. You know, like, he, he was the underdog taking taking that chance or given this yeah, there
0: opportunity. autobiography to it.
1: Well, yeah, there are. It's definitely, I mean, like, Rocky is, still, is Stallone's story in more ways than one, you know. I mean, the, the, the he things, even says his, the, his, his, his in apartment film. looked like that. Yeah.
2: He says during the film, his apartment looked like that. The drinking of the eggs is kind of painted as a training thing here. But again, he did that, and he was typecast in much the same way Rocky's only good for breaking thumbs and club fighting Stallone was only good for like heavy number one mm. in a film cast and it was just a conversation where he said yeah, I think he read for John Gio Avidson, or, or was it for Robert Chartoff it may have been for Robert Chartoff but he was walking at the door when he said well I, I write as well and I've done this script will you read it? And I was like yeah I'll read it and it, it's just a lot of chance in all of this
0: and it's all about self-respect as well, isn't it? Because like, obviously, with the character of Rocky, it's basically how he can earn self-respect and and not and you know go through the ranks and not be a bum. And it's the same, obviously, with Stallone as well. Kind of like making his way to Hollywood, you know, trying to make it and just trying to get some respect, you know, respect for his name.
1: I was going to say he even sold his dog um like, while did. filming while filming this, which kind of like turns up in the film as well. Uh, but it's one of those sort of hard <laughs> yeah,
0: but to
2: it was, uh, did you see. has. Sorry a few 100 um, well, no he sold the dog for something like and this bit may be wrong but he sold the dog for something like sixty dollars because he was desperate and six months later he bought the dog back
0: oh yeah because so he was but like oh, this has he to be in
2: the film yeah he had to spend he had to pay fifteen thousand dollars to get him back
0: oh that was it that was it yeah i was thinking of that um yeah actually i think they had him for like what a couple of months or something and he's like no this isn't it's my dog i've got to have him back yeah. um and obviously he appears in the sequel as well, so it's just like oh but you, you can really tell that that's, that's that's obviously his dog and has, has been with him for was it two or three years or something so
2: um well uh, I was reading I was reading up on Buker the other day, yeah. and he was born in sixty nine and died in eighty one and there are photos of Stallone with him in like the very start of the seventies when he's a puppy. yeah, baby, it's really, very sweet. Um, and he, he always says, yeah, I had to pay $15,000 to get him back, and he was worth every penny. So, no, about, uh, yeah, I bet his new yeah. family
0: were gutted, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, well, you know.
2: They can't have been that gutted. They could have said, no, he took the money.
0: Yeah, he took, <laughs> yeah they obviously <laughs> didn't love him that much, did they? So said, no, will take the money. Uh, so, Becca, but,
2: before we go any further, because normally we go through the cast, before we get into this film, who who else is in this?
0: Starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Carl Weathers, and Berge Meredith. The score by Bill Conti, script by Sly Stallone. And directed by John Evelton and released
2: in 1976. There we go. Didn't even mention Carl Weathers. <laughs> and Carl Weathers as well. There were some interesting alternate casts for this because obviously we've talked about Rocky. And when I, when I read the list of people that could have played this role, you know, Ryan only, it yeah. was very, very, would it, very, would it very famous, s-
0: famous had it not was, been. Was
1: Arnold Schwarzenegger at all?
0: <laughs> yeah, if, if it was Arnie, would, this, would it have the, the status that it has?
2: Well, it's very similar to the list you see for superman uh the only name on the list that i go yeah i could see that is james khan i could mm. see james i could see james khan playing rocky it wouldn't be exactly the same but i could see it He um,
0: was, was kind of known for sort of like not heavy but kind of like heavy, well yeah heavy or like menacing roles as well wasn't it i guess it, mm.
1: it it would have been a different character i think it would have been like the, the rocky that we have in this but i
2: couldn't see i couldn't see ryan o'neill in the role but anyway, oh um, uh, Carl Weathers was. Uh, so there were other choices for the main characters. I've, I'm blanking on the first choice for Adrian. I've forgotten her name. But the first choice for Paulie was Harvey Keitel. Oh god. Um, okay. I think he might be a bit too hard and intimidating to play <laughs> that character. Yeah.
0: To I mean, like, the first choice. Comes up, he's just. I, <laughs> I I really dislike him, but I just think Harvey Keitel would he's have been absolutely
2: terrible. Like, he's an asshole, really and time menacing. doesn't improve him really. He stays no. within the cast, but like Paulie's always an asshole all the way through this. Yeah, particularly when you get but to like having three. Having like
0: Hytel sort of play I think it would have been really scary yeah. and menacing.
2: <laughs> and the first choice for um, Apollo was Ken Norton. Ken Norton oh, really? was one of that great era of heavyweights. He beat Muhammad Ali, um, uh, sort of a two-one overall record to Ali, but he was, um, he, I mean, was like brief- pedigree. he was He was briefly heavyweight champion um and he he lost his title to larry holmes who was another great heavyweight so yeah they nearly had a heavy and he went on to act he was in mandingo and a few other things um he died about three or four years ago i think but he was one of that great era of heavyweights but for whatever reason he didn't want to do it and carl weathers just read the script and said this is me and just said i have to play this he does
1: he does sort of play like kind of that, that character quite well really I mean like he, he, what he kind of nailed I mean he is basically meant to be Muhammad Ali-esque yes. uh, he, he yeah
0: pla- you could tell that definitely for he sure plays... he's, he's very smart he's very switched on he knows how to spend his money he knows exactly how to manipulate the media um, he knows what people want he knows what his public expects of him Well, he's very switched on and he knows all about how to control his image
1: it's the fast talking kind of like overconfident showman that, yeah. that aside of it that I think Carl Weathers just nails so he just like kind of like just starts like sort of talking at uh, 100 miles per hour, and, like, just sort of... Be a just, thinker, not a stinker. Yeah, kind of, kind of
2: thing. Well, yeah, you've only got to see the... You've only got to watch When We Were Kings, Ali, before he goes off to Zaire. He's at the airport being interviewed, and, and he's telling kids to, like, brush their teeth and shit. <laughs> no, that's <what> he's <laughs>
0: like, like be a doctor, it's be a lawyer, so carry another
2: briefcase. Yeah, exactly. That's where it all comes from. Yeah, so it's very much based on that character... Rocky is loosely based on the It's based on that fight more than it's based on Webner. I mean, Webner had had his problems with the law. You know, he cuts up horrendously. And and he was a part-time boxer, a bit like Rocky. He was a liquor salesman. Yeah, he wasn't a particularly great fighter. It was an easy fight for Ali. It wasn't quite the same as going through a book and say, I'll fight him. Mm. But <laughs> the the principle is there, somebody getting their shot. And not only getting their shot, but when they get it, they're not even sure they're up to it. And they, they sort of only half want it, because with opportunity comes the chance to, like, fail as well.
1: Yeah, it's like he's kind of, like, always been that downtrodden guy, and, he, and even accepting a job, he's kind of like, yeah, I'm just taking the money almost. And it's it, it takes some sort of, like, motivation within himself to kind of step up and sort of like, no, I'm actually going to want to do something. I mean, like, we'll get more into it, I suppose, as we get into the film, but I don't want to ruin it when we talk about the film sequentially. Um, but, Becca, so what were your general thoughts on the film? Like, this is your... The first Rocky. Uh yep. Your first first time watching Yep. Rocky. What did you think?
0: <laughs> going into it, I didn't quite know what I was going to expect, really. Obviously, I knew the impact on pop culture that it's had. Um... I thought, to be honest, it was, just, it was going to be like an out-and-out sports film. I was just thought, like, oh no, you know, it kind of like, grew up with sort of like wrestling and stuff like that. I wasn't really in it, but you know, it was on TV. Um, so I thought, like, oh, it's going to be another kind of sports, kind of boxing movie. Um, I didn't expect the kind of the human drama behind it. Um, but no, I was, I was pleasantly surprised, and um, no, I, I really enjoyed the first movie. Um, as soon as I finished watching it, I wanted to watch it again. Um, there's a definite character arc there. Um,
2: did you know the result at the end of the film? How do you mean? I mean, when you put that film on, do you do you know how it ends? Did you expect Rocky to win that fight?
0: No, I I, I I don't know really. I kind of just thought, oh no, it's just one of those things. It's kind of like because it's it's also it's these underdog Obviously, they can end two ways: they can win or they can lose. But very often, um, a lot of these sports stories, it's it very often the underdog very often doesn't win and then you know kind of goes on maybe there's an offshoot or a spin-off or a a sequel indeed in this case um but like for this film obviously you know it creates like oh there ain't gonna be no rematch and also the sequel is the rematch um i've yet to watch that as well but i'll get there um but it's just one of those things you kind of think oh you're rooting for them all the way through but i think to me with the ending it it wasn't because it wasn't as clear-cut but then it was like oh yeah it's one so yeah, it could have gone either way, I think.
1: Yeah, I think I think usually when we see it in these sorts these sort of sports films, like the hero has to win via a knockout. Like it it, yeah. it 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 would be very like um under dramatic if they if he won just on points. It's just not it's not like it it would be kind of disappointing as a as a visual you know, as 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 a visual album that cinema is. <laughs> just it's not sort of like and <laughs> they win it yeah. On yeah. technicality, all oh, right. Okay. And then, <laughs> um, and
2: yeah, and you get and the, and the commentators are going. Oh, I think Apollo's been robbed there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. What
1: I mean, but you. But usually, um, they, they create like a, a like a different wave. So it's not it's not actually the ma- winning the match. That's the thing. It's like it it becomes like winning something else. I mean, we you see it in other sports bo- movies, and I'm not sure if Rocky was the first film to actually do that. I mean, I'm it, it. It's my go-to one when I think of films that do that. But I don't know if it, that's actually happened before. Um, but 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 certainly, it's like kind of like the trend that, like you know, the 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 ultimate achievement isn't winning the match. It's it's finding like your your confidence or it's finding your 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 self worth or it's it it's it's making or or in the case of Rocky, it was like I just want to just prove myself. You know, or I just want to like just do do one thing right. I want to like go to distance or whatever it was. You know, it it's Absolutely. it's something a lot more like emotional Absolutely. gauging rather than like yeah, I beat him. You know, what I mean it's, the, it's
0: it's more personal, yeah. isn't it? It's kind of more um I think it's, it's, more the, it's more the it's more the arc that he takes rather than you know as they winning the match. Um, but also interestingly, I was kind of I was paying attention to um, to Adrian's story as well. Um, I think the film was very much all about her than it is about Rocky and in, in his arc.
2: I think Iraq's arcs are in parallel. They yeah, no, definitely for sure. Who, but I, yeah, I think it's really yeah, interesting kind yeah, of like She has, that, has uh, a sort of
0: physical and emotional transformation throughout the film, which I think is quite interesting.
2: I don't know um, if you guys picked it up. I mean certainly Becca first viewing and I, I think you have watched it a couple of times, Dan. Uh if you know the film well, it is dropped at some point that Creed has never been taken the distance. Which is a little bit unrealistic because even Tyson had a couple of times, George Foreman had, Rocky Marciano had I can't think of a champion who'd literally knocked everyone out when they got there, but it's that little sort of just twist in the tail. Much harder puncher than say Ali, who wasn't a massive hitter. I, I think um, it's just
1: a like element—the fact that you know he is—it's never he, been he, done. he is the best that there is around. You know, he's but cocky, he's cocky for a reason. He's yeah.
2: not—it's not merely the fifth man to take him the yeah. distance. It's the first.
1: Yes. It's like it's the unexpected. Like, oh my god, this, this guy was the one guy who did that. Yeah. So, um,
2: so a couple of other general um, things for. Um, well, I mean, I'll just give my my first view. I think I already have. I mean, I, this I think stands as as tall as any of the other nominees this year. It's a genuinely great film. I think it is. It's both undermined and strengthened by the sequels, and we'll talk more about that in um, later weeks. Certainly the couple of things I want to draw attention to, one I will repeatedly draw to through the film, is how cheap it is. Um, I'm not necessarily being negative there, but there's a lot of tricks to disguise the cheapness in places, and I think it's fascinating. Uh, The second thing I want to mention before Chris gives his sort of first view is this film is possibly more elevated by its score than any other I can think of. I, I can't think of this film or this film series without this score.
0: I think the score is quite interesting because if you listen to it, there's a lot of um, interplay between diegetic and non-diegetic music in this film. Um, the score is only, oh, this is not really stupid, but it's only used at certain integral emotive it's points. It's more sparing in, the film. in
2: this film. That's exactly. Money, exactly. And there's a lot, there's based. a lot of
0: the time there's great swings of it w- yeah. without music at all. And all you hear is just like the background I, or whatever, you know, what was going on in the background. I mean, it's better
2: um, next week because it's similar, but with a budget. <laughs> So I'm not saying the film's better, but the score has a few high points next week that I'm like oh yeah that was in the second one I really like that it's all playing yeah. on the same themes but all I'm saying is that,
0: that we know from, from Rocky I think have, have come from the sequels like for example obviously you've got the um, Gonna Fly Now track but things like Eye of the Tiger and other sort of famous themes don't come along until later on in the film in the series
1: they are the best workout themes in the world if you like if yeah you, definitely well like, listen, this
0: is why they're so iconic
1: if you listen to the Rocky if, you, if you've got a cycle playlist that looks like the Rocky theme Eye of the Tiger and anything that's on like Rocky 4 it's but it it's, you, you kind of is the Sorry best it. you've
0: got, you've got it's the it.
1: best pump out like you know do you get your exercise done kind of workout it motivates you to go like yeah i'm gonna you know, <laughs> go the distance you know when, when soon, soon the hearts on fire comes on you're just like no that's it i'm i'm belting this thing
2: <laughs> but the score unashamedly plays our emotions and i completely forgive it for that i think exactly. it's wonderful chris what are your first thoughts? Um, you get to it?
1: it's a very slow burn film uh it's a very subtle humble film um and I think it's a very sweet natured film. I think it, it, it. I think it's just a great, well structured film. Um, I, I said film way too many times there. Uh But
0: no, you go for it.
1: No, no, no. It's 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 fine. But it's it's not mean really much more to really to say I mean, other than that. Like Rocky is is just a classic. It's it is basically Stallone's story, and it's told. Yeah, you know, as Dave said, it's very low budget, but I think it it kind of benefits from that, and I think it's told with a. A sincere, eye. I think it. Yeah, you know, it. It. it the, I mean, it, you can call it kind of cheesy, but it, it's completely sincere, and I think it earns that by the end of the film. You are. You are. I think you emotionally... can tell the
2: difference. This is not focus group cheese. Yeah. This is one man's vision, and he's got a bit of sentiment about him.
0: It is because there's it is nothing it, like, wrong with that. You're
2: saying. Yeah, I will agree on one element of budget. There's a the scene we'll get to as we go through the film in a minute where the scene only turns out as it does because they have no money. And it is so elevated by that. But we'll get there.
1: Okay, so um should we talk about this film sequentially?
2: We shall. Let's start on November the 25th, 1975, where he's fighting Spider Rico. What a name for a boxer that is.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they start I was just shocked by... Obviously, because it's kind of on the you know sort of lower down sort of like rankings i just kind of thought how how little money they earned i was like oh <laughs> okay
2: yeah it's like here's your, yeah, your 38 dollars yeah you
0: can oh, live on that for the next two weeks oh
2: nice little bit of storytelling firstly uh stallone says on this commentary does a commentary for this film and he does another one for rocky balboa later on um and he did them around the same. So I think he did this. I think he did the commentary to this around the time he was prepping Rocky Balboa. So about 12, 13 years ago. And he said then that they didn't have many people, so everything is shot close in. It's absolutely drenched in sort of smoke. Everyone's smoking. Um, the first thing you see is that sort of stained glass of Jesus, and it cuts down. He's wearing really tatty old shorts. And he's having this really kind of messy fight. It's it, they're not really, you know, it's two completely unmotivated boxers not doing a lot until Rocky's headbutted, and then we see that when the fl- switch turns in him, he's actually quite brutal.
1: And uh, you, you kind of almost forget, with all the kind of like sheen of the uh, the later Rocky films, how dark and grubby this is. It you know you really do feel like sort of the sweat and the grime of the of the ring. It, it yeah, it feels it feels like it's just like in a sweaty cellar somewhere and you just think like you know, with like five people watching, it just does it, yeah, it just feels like
0: the whole very... film just feels like really, really grimy to to use your words. Yeah. I think it's it kinda of, it calls to mind the sort of kitchen sink going on oh, over here in Britain in early. the sixties. Yeah. Really, it's it's that kind of filmmaking. It feels I mean, like, like a kitchen
2: it. sink film in places, it, yeah. It
0: does very much so, especially 'cause like somewhere like Philadelphia as well. I mean it's a beautiful city. I see so much history. Um, if you go there, especially as an English person, and do the Freedom Trail, it's just like, oh, I feel so guilty afterwards. Um, but also, I mean, still today, it suffers like, terrible sort of, crime, addiction, uh, poverty, um, just a huge swathes of living well below the poverty line. Um, and, and you can and see that. You can see that in the AIDS as well. Well, exactly. That's <laughs> it. Unfortunately, but you, you can see that. L- lots and what? Some- and <laughs> <AIDS. laughs> Yes. Yeah. Obviously, you know lots of I'm that sorry.
2: going around not the only time AIDS will get mentioned in this series <laughs> <laughs> um, a, yeah, lot, of, a lot of that area particularly where the gym is because Joe Frazier had a dr- gym around there Joe Frazier who we see in a cameo in this film one of the great heavyweights of the 70s very Tyson-esque in style and only in style um, but one of the greats had a great trilogy he, he had a very no I just mean that he was a bit easier to hurt. Tyson would come out and be very very strong in the first round. Joe tended to lose the first round. He, t- he tended to be a bit he tended to take him a round or two to warm up. but he was very upset, for example, when we get to Rocky three and there's a statue of Rocky. And it's like, but I'm world heavyweight champion and I'm from Philadelphia, thanks. You know?
1: <laughs> yes, but did he end the Cold War? I don't think he did. <laughs> that no. is That is,
2: <laughs> well, exactly. Um, that is all being sort of subsumed by the university now over time, apparently. Yeah. So it is, it is changing, but we see the poorer elements of, of that city, obviously. It, it, it is not, it's not a tourist information film, is it? Yeah. No, it's a
0: Rags to Riches, well, Cinderella story pretty much, isn't it? It's, there's a so lack like of vanity
2: not- here. We see Rocky two or three times in this film, really dressed like shit. I mean, first off, it, uh, the trunks he's wearing in this fight, they, they're kind it's of... Like there's a hole in his vest and everything. Coming. They're awful. Yeah, it, when he's dating Adrian later, there's a hole in his vest. Later on, he's working the heavy bag in the gym. There's a hole not far from where his dick would be. <laughs> is, you know, he
0: needs to get it, some new shoes and new yeah, shorts and new trousers. Yeah, and everything.
2: everything is just screaming poverty. It's
1: like you just think, like how many times does he wash that like hoodie and, and jogger bombs? Like it's like <laughs> yeah. you just, he uh, you just like you think, oh my god, that must stink to high heaven. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. So at this point, he's fighting kind of as a hobby. He more or less says that to. Um, uh adrian later on that he's still a professional boxer but he's very much a semi-pro he's not earning a lot he's fighting in clubs we do see him and spider rico go back to their the locker room later on they're smoking and they are paid a two-digit a double-digit amount of money that's all i can't remember the exact amounts but they're netting yeah,
0: like he wins like seven uh, spider gets like 17 dollars or something and he wins like 40 dollars or something something really ridiculous like that
2: and that's it that, that's it. He he leaves, he's got a cut over his eye and he heads home. And sees little Marie, that's straight away, isn't it?
0: Uh, there's a few scenes before that, I think. He's he
1: stops off at um well, you see him like sort of walking by like like a bunch of like people singing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think
0: it's one of those is um a brother Frank, isn't it, I think? Because yeah. he's um he's a sort of well known musician as well.
2: Yeah. Sings rampins.
0: <laughs> yeah, sings rampins. No, if you if you look up um much, much like he today,
1: really, yeah. <laughs>
0: And find out all about his career. Um yeah, so he goes to the pet shop, um and also gets introduced to Adrian as well.
1: Well yeah, he's he's kind of like always kind of hanged around there, just kind of like an excuse to kind of talk to Adrian, really. I always yeah. like sort of felt like these two kind of like have always been um fancy well, fancy each other from afar. I mean Adrian's like very shy. She's very shy. She's timid.
2: definitely looking over her glasses at
0: him. Yeah yeah definitely you can't, you kind of get the impression I think he's more keen, but I think she's obviously painfully shy, and later on we kind of found out why that is um we also, as well is a so honest question
2: yeah uh, that he did <laughs> anyway. say in the commentary that's a little bit far, i mean you, I don't know if you would have a dog that size in a cage that size in a pet shop, but no, he just but said this, it he, some he some just some said it works, but he he said we, we like the idea, and I wanted my dog in it, so fair enough, one of the things that is enhanced by next week in this week's film is we find out next week Rocky can barely read it, it's not that he can can't read at all but he certainly can't read well um and so when you see him now prac you know saying what's in the the feed for his turtles or whatever it is he's practicing that because he can't read and that's really enhanced by we find that out next week
1: I always found like there's always like I always think of Rocky as kind of like a man child in his in the way in the way he kind of acts uh he, he he he's not very bright and he knows he's not very bright, but I think what kind of carries him through he's just got like this kind of heart of gold you know he's like he's very much like an innocent like a child, but he just kind of like just keeps on talking like <laughs> that's that's one of the things i've, I've picked up, about Rocky He just kinda of like keeps on talking and you know like like. Talking absolute fucking nonsense, but it's like, you know, but he's kind of endearing, because there's, there's no harshness to him, he's he's all...
0: He means well, he means well. I mean, you, you've got the kind of contradiction between, obviously, being being heavy for, for a loan shark, but then, obviously, you know, taking somebody like Marie under his ring, albeit briefly, and saying so basically, don't be a whore, you know, when I hang out with smart people, all that sort of thing. So you've got the contradiction there, you think actually he's an ass, but actually, no, he's a really nice guy. Well, is,
1: I think it's like that, that first scene where he is, like, sort of picking up the money for a loan shark, he's like... He's he's telling him like sort of like you, you, you should have saved you should you should have planned ahead or whatever you know so it's like yeah. kind of it's kind of like giving him advice I think how many fucking folks would do that I mean I know he's like he's <laughs> still he's still doing he's still doing what he's been paid to do but like you know I mean, he's
2: he, told to break his thumb and didn't
1: yeah and, it's, no, exactly. and and he's actually giving him advice it's like you know we should think ahead more <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know you wouldn't get yourself in these situations you know and just kind of like well how many fucking you know, <laughs> you know does it kind of goes show you like just what kind of like the kind of like how this guy it's, kind of it's thinks. the
2: perseverance as well he's, he's still fighting after 64 fights which historically is not that high by modern standards it certainly is um but he goes in every morning tells her a joke goes in every evening tells her a joke and she barely responds because she's so shy. And he's—we get the impression he's been doing this for years.
0: He's getting a bit pissed off.
2: <laughs> he's not though, is he? He's quite. No, he's not. No. he's all right about it.
0: He keeps pushing.
2: And then he, yeah, he—he he finds Marie on her street corner smoking and swearing. She's not very old, is she?
0: This is twelve, something. Twelve, something like that. Yeah. Awful. Oh, you God. see
2: Marie again in a later film.
0: Okay. We'll get keep that. an eye open.
2: Uh, you won't miss her. It'll be quite obvious when we get yeah. there. Um, but, yeah, he walks her home and starts giving her life advice. And when she says, you know, screw you, creepo, he talks to himself about, yeah, well, who am I to be giving advice? He doesn't really believe in himself. He just knows that he's just going about his life trying to be good.
0: Yeah, he's just trying to kind of do what's right and just trying to offer a bit of advice. But it's like, well, what do I know? About? Yeah.
2: So uh, somewhere around here, we cut to him going the next morning into his gym. Do we meet Apollo before or after this?
1: Uh, we only see Apollo while he's uh, in the drink having a bar. I think he's all, we've already been introduced to Paulie in the bar having a drink. Yeah. Ah, yes, yeah, uh, and he comes up on the TV.
2: He's just flown into Philadelphia for final training. We think for a fight with Mac Lee Green, who's like the number one contender. And it's going to be the start of America's bicentennial celebrations, which, assuming it's New Year's Day or around then, tells us that if this fight's taking place on November the twenty-fifth, it is only about five weeks away. Mm. That line is dropped later, but we don't know how much later that was meant to be in time. Yet, yeah, that we are about five weeks away from a fight between the champ and the number one contender in Philadelphia as the start of America's bicentennial, which was nineteen seventy-six the celebrations for that. Um, what we also see is Rocky is deeply respectful of him because the bartender just goes, look at that joker, you know, basically, like a lot of people were with Muhammad Ali. He's lionized now, but at the time, a lot of people were, look at that mouthy twat mm.
3: because
2: it was, you know, I'm not saying... There was, during a lot of his career, a lot of people tuned in hoping to see him shut up, <laughs> you know, yeah. be, be, be knocked on his ass. Because
1: fair, he was an arrogant git. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he knew what sold tickets. I mean, it's yeah. a lot of people, I'm not putting them on the same level by any means, but an awful lot of people used to tune into Chris Eubanks' fights hoping to get see him get beat. So there would have been that attitude around. By this stage of Ali's career, he was becoming an awful lot more popular, mm. or loved. He was always popular in ticket sales terms. But he won't have anything of it. He's like, he got his shot and he won. And we also get introduced to what a dickhead Paulie he is. <laughs> yeah, he's
0: a, he's a nob. There's two people I can't stand in this film. It's Paulie and Buddy, which I'm going to smack both of them in the face. Which one's uh, Buddy? Uh, the Lone Shark. Is oh, Gazza. Gazza, Yeah, he always yeah. tries to antagonise. just <laughs> shut up, you think
2: so. Yeah. The actor who played Gazza, we'll get to him a bit later, but he died relatively young. He died at something like 51, something like that, 52. Oh. In the late 80s, because he was a haemophiliac, and he cut himself in the shower. And got out, you know, like hit the back of his head or something. And he went and sat on his couch and went to sleep instead of seeking health and bled to death. So, yeah, but yeah, that's the loan shark he works for. Again, it's not very black and white for a film that it is not. Sports films are normally sort of white hat, black hat, you know, a bit like Westerns, you know. And he's not because he's a loan shark and he's quite happy to, you know, have people who don't pay him get physically hurt. But when at the same time, out,
0: he's, he's quite happy to kind of... He's basically he's trying to help Rocky, Rocky, isn't he? He's, he's yeah. trying
1: to help him out financially. Yeah, is it more out of a best interest kind of thing? Is like, well, like, I kind of need a heavy anyway, so I'm just looking after him Yeah, make... keep him on the payroll. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, there's also, when he's training for the fight, he gets some money from him to help him out, you know? He doesn't yeah. stop smoking. That, that's not really for his own benefit, I don't yeah. think. Because, you know, if Rocky went on to achieve anything with it and he's earning reasonably well for the fight... He's not likely to go back to Gaza. <laughs> he's
1: just, like, no, he's, he's probably gonna be like, right, I want to collect that piece. Or yeah, or something like, like yeah. the world champ showing up to collect like.
2: Well, yeah. you just imagine the FBI going. Give me ten percent. Tonight we'll be interviewing former heavyweight contender Robbie Balboa, just after he's finished breaking some legs. It's just like, you know, I, I can't. I don't get the order right. I know that he goes into his gym the next day, Mickey's gym. Yeah, which is upstairs on a street corner in a grimy bit of Philadelphia, goes to his locker, which has been his locker. It's dropped in dialogue for six years. Oh,
0: that was the previous, been, yeah, that was the previous scene.
2: So. It's been taken from him.
0: I think that, that that's an, that's another kind of um, way, wait you know, way they can show Rocky, Rocky's kind of quite low in terms of self worth. You know, it's been his locker for six years, and all of a sudden it's been given to this new upstart, and also Mickey as well. somebody you know, he's been in the business. He says like fifty years. Um, and the whole reason that he basically gives Rocky a hard time is because he's got so much talent but he just wastes it
2: yeah disapproves of his lifestyle choice yeah. as well yeah, the, the whole business of working for you a loan shop
1: completely yeah. chews him out uh, it, it's kind of like
2: that's a little later but yeah
1: it's kind of weird knowing like the sort of how how Mickey means to the series and if they think this is the actual first scene together and they kind of like really at odds well not not at odds but Mickey's just literally resenting him completely
3: yeah.
0: They're coming at it from different different perspectives, aren't they? So imagine, I mean, Benjamin is an absolute legend. He's one of the probably most iconic American <laughs> acts of, 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 <laughs> all, of all time. <laughs>
1: Sorry,
2: yeah, that's literally. That's literally.
0: Penguin. <laughs> penguin aside. Um. um
2: that was, was what say. that was. <laughs> that was <laughs> Chris's penguin aside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was
0: penguin aside. I <laughs> know, um, obviously, you know, later on in the film, we find out that he's basically been in the career for 50-plus for years. Um, he didn't have a trainer. He didn't have a kind of what he thinks that, that Rocky has had, sort of growing up, and that you know that's why he wants to impart all this kind of knowledge and experience to him and, and train him up, as it were. So they're coming at it from from different angles, I guess. So that's my impression of it, and that's why you know so that like you've got all this talent kid, it's just going to waste, and I disapprove of your lifestyle.
2: And around this time, we meet Apollo properly, and Apollo is very sort of business suits, very. He's almost forgotten the sport, and it's all about career and promotion. Um, he's got a promoter. I forget the character's name, but he's played by Thaler David, who died about 18 months after this film was made. Died at 51 of a heart attack. Um, Mackley green-injures himself. I think he breaks his hand or something like that. And they can't find a contender who's willing to fight at five weeks' notice, mm. which is actually pretty likely, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of yeah,
0: like, it's really short notice, isn't it, up against the world champion, and he, oh, you know, they're not injured, they're just scared, you know.
1: And it has, like, uh, it's, it's generally like a really good idea, I know it's based on real life anyway, but it's kind of like, you know, he has a bright idea of, oh, I don't know, why don't I just like fight like a complete uh, nobody? America
2: is the land of opportunity, he finds yeah. the angle on it, and that's quite well written. Yeah. Because he could have just done that, Chris, he could have just gone, let's just give a nobody a chance. And they could have padded that out into a scene. Now, whilst that is what he's doing, we get party to his thinking on it. His thinking is, well, there's a marketing angle there. It's, you know, the land of opportunity. It's our anniversary. Let me give some, somebody an opportunity because I'm sentimental.
1: Yeah. and I, I, I think it's kind of, I, 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 I don't know about you, but I don't hate Apollo. Like, you know, initially, huh? I, don't, I don't actually, you know, I mean, God, no. he has, he has a certain, he is charming, and yes, he is arrogant with that, but you kind of, like, get him as a character, you kind of understand him, you know, he's not malicious at all, he's just like, you know, if anything, he's just a bit above himself, really.
0: No, there's, there's no I don't think there's any malice in it, it's just yeah. he's very for himself, very arrogant, and he knows how to promote himself, as I say, he knows how to control the media, how to, well, not control the media, but how to... Promote his own image yeah. I'm to think. Well, it's just... there's, a, there's a Shakespearean phrase But I won't say it. it The other thing is
2: If he's Muhammad Ali Effectively He's already one of the all time greats
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just usually in, in these kind of films You're so used to like The, the other guy Being a bellend Yeah <laughs> You know But I think that's always... That normally
2: gets dressed up You've only got to watch something like Cinderella Man Yeah uh, I'm blanking on the Fighter's name Not Not Crow's character, the the guy who takes the title off. Max Bear, Max Bear, Max Bear's son, Max Bear Junior, was in the Beverly Hillbillies TV show. Now Max Bear was a joker. You know, he, he, there's stories of him knocking down a fighter and then throwing himself to the floor and saying "last one up's a sissy." Um, when he was had a heart attack, he was in a hotel, and the concierge or whatever said to him would you like the house doctor and he said i'd rather have a people doctor (laughs) and that was his last words and yet in this film he's like uh, in cinderella man he's like ivan drago he's a fucking killer so it does normally get like you know blown out of all proportion and i like that they don't really do that with apollo he's just giving someone a chance he needs to fill a gap it's expediency Mm. and they don't dress up the fact that he comes in a bit under-trained He's ready on the night because you see him warming up and he's got quite a fearsome look about him, but...
1: He's ripped. He's ripped, isn't he?
2: But when the fight starts and he's moving around, they say he doesn't look quite at his best, but, you know, unfortunately, in short... This film was shot in 28 days. They didn't have enough time to, like, bulk and unbulk and all the rest of it. So they look as fit as they're going to look at any point in the film. Um, And, in fact, Rocky, running up the stairs and steps of the gallery and struggling... And him running up all triumphant was shot about an hour apart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Apollo has definitely taken his eye off the ball. But we see the scene that allows them to pick Rocky in a few scenes' time.
1: It's it's always like like I was going um, uh, like I was saying before with endings. It's like you can always tell which way the film is going to go. And it's normally if the opponent that the hero is facing has some sort of like. Um, Think about him where you think, oh, you know, he's he's he, he, he's he's not all bad, or he's you know, he's he's a he's a wor- he's a worthy winner, kind of kind of thing. You can kind of think, right? Well, it's going to end in like the the draw, but the hero winning winning some some sort of something like something about himself, which he shows me what he's going after.
2: Yeah, I mean, only but, a shit but... film would have that guy getting brain damage or dying. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh more that later. Uh, so and uh, no but the point is like, you know, but you can tell if but if, if, if the film uh sort of portrays the opponent as like a complete bell end, you know, well the the obviously the hero is gonna win. Obviously. Because I I, keep, I I always think of like the uh, you know you remember that film Wimb- Wimbledon? Yes. The, I, yeah. I I I always remember because like I remember watching like sort of the last half of it and then by the time when the um, uh what's it paul paul bettany gets uh, get, yeah. get gets to the final i was thinking it's just gonna end like rocky it's just gonna like it's gonna be like and then like the, and, and then the guy the guy he was uh uh playing against like said something like really like dickheadish and i know no, he's gonna win it he's gonna, he's gonna win it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, i just think because like that's that's how it plays it wouldn't feel right if the guy was
3: that's dickhead
2: quite a sexist film isn't it because um Kirsten Dunst's character loses in like the semi-final, but it's alright because the man wins. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: uh, it's,
2: it's a cool. bit cringe-worthy
0: to watch.
1: Well, Sorry. you know, you can't have two victories, that's just a bit too much, isn't it?
0: <laughs> that's not the way these things work. No, no,
1: <laughs> I don't know.
2: I just remember the CG on the balls, the tennis balls being awful. But yeah, anyway, that was Wimbledon. <laughs> it was a very
0: badly lit film as well, the lighting terrible. It's but... no Karate Kid. No. Certainly um... no Rocky either.
1: Same director as uh,
0: Karate
2: Kid as well, Rocky. Yeah, yeah. no, that's what made me think of it. John G. Huffington directed the first three Karate Kid films. Yeah. Um, But, which is such a self-conscious attempt to remake this. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Karate Kid is basically Rocky. But anyway, um, so we've established who Apollo is. We've uh, established he's unbeaten, never been taken the distance. Very, very comfortable and talented champion with a gift for self-promotion. His opponent for a gala event has been injured. We've established Rocky has had a lot of fights and does it sort of part-time. Where do we go from there? Are we close to sort of him going on a date with...?
0: Yeah, I think we're pretty much there because he finds it, you know, it's called Italian styling, which is quite good. Um, and then like, from that, we jump to the scene where...
2: Um, it's Thanksgiving, isn't it? It's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, yeah, and he gets, a, gets
0: an earful from, from Paulie.
2: Who's a piss pot in this film?
0: <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a real athlete. But I think that's that's what kind of gives um yeah, that's what gives Adrian the kind of the push that she needs really. Um
1: It it's a, it's a bit of a weird complex situation, isn't it? I mean like is Paulie's meant to be like Rocky's mate, but yeah he's also shagging his sister? It's this little bit yeah, kind it's of hope, a bit it? of a Rocky com-
2: is shagging Paulie's <laughs> sister. Yes. Yes. Just to yeah, be just, clear. Just yes. Yes. Not, he's Rocky, but he's Rocky's mate and shagging his sister. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just to clarify people. That's, that's a hard. very
2: different that, film.
0: Yeah, that,
1: that would be complex.
2: Uh he, he, yeah, unfortunately,
0: um yeah, she probably verbally abuses and calls her a loser and everything, but they go out ice skating,
2: which is very nice. He tells he tells Rocky um if you if she doesn't start you know, if she her body's gonna dry up. That's horrible. Horrible imagery because she's thirty, imagine eh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and usually thirty two, and you know, thirty as well, and look where he is.
2: Yeah, so they head off to um, the ice rink, and this is the scene that um, this. There's a nice callback to this in Rocky Balboa later as well. But this scene, when Stallone wrote it, it was a dinner scene, and they were going to sit opposite a table and just talk. And I think it was Avalon who said, "That's too static. Have some action here." So it was rewritten as an ice skating scene. But they were going to have like a couple of hundred extras. It was going to be a properly open rink. And when they couldn't afford that, Stallone made the decision. And it was Stallone's decision that like, well, we either need all of them or none of them. It's no point putting 10 people in. And so this scene is purely expedience. And he wrote it in and couldn't skate, which is why he's running alongside.
1: It's kind of like, it's, like, well, it's kind of a thing where you just like write the scene to, to make it work. It's like, and it just makes makes it work. So, so why don't I like, just do it when it's closing?
2: And I love what a loser is because he go what a loser he is because he goes in, yeah, and says uh, she's not very well, which is really flattering to her. You see, she looks sick, <laughs> right? And then he says to her, he says ten bucks for ten minutes, and Rocky says eight, and and basically he tries to haggle, and they end up at ten anyway. <laughs> yeah, he tries to barter,
0: but it's very <laughs> unsuccessful. Just shit at it. <laughs>
2: But it's quite <laughs> but a sweet scene. and he's it's, talk- very, it's
0: very romantic as well, I
2: think. It's, I think it's, it's lovely. A romantic sort of scene, I think. Yeah. It's, all- it's shit, though. Because he, he says what where the word Southpaw comes from, and it, it's not. It's a baseball term.
0: Yeah, but it's, it's very... His heart's in the right place. You know, He's wants to kind of educate him more about it.
2: And he's just... Uh, we get a bit of character stuff there. We get He's never had his nose broken. We get that he's never had... Uh, he's had 64 fights. Uh, that's where that's dropped. Um yep. And then they, when they call time, they go back to his apartment. This seems quite uncomfortable.
1: It is. I did think it was a bit uncomfortable.
2: Um,
0: yeah, it's a bit awkward, really, isn't it? You just think,
2: oh. First thing I noticed, two things that I've... Three things, actually, around this whole scene I've never noticed before. The first thing is, when they leave Paulie's house to go to the rink, he tries to be a gentleman and, and let her go first. And she's so nervous she doesn't move each time. And he ends up having to walk in front of her. And it happens two or three times just walking from the door of that house. So that's a nice little bit of character thing. And I would imagine that would have been the director who said, what about? Let's try that. When they get back to the apartment, the second thing I noticed was when you see a close-up of Talia Shire's glasses. Now, I don't know if this was by design or just they had no money and these glasses were, desi- uh, were damaged and they had no choice. But the, the, the two frames for the two eyes... Are at slightly different angles from each other They've got bent So she's, sh- that implies she's not very well off And also he takes his jumper off Leaving him with a vest on And there's a whacking great hole in it Near his yeah. jaw So it, yeah it, Sexy And he keeps trying to get her to come over here and sit down And that should be sleazy But doesn't come off too bad till he basically pins her in the corner and does her <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, she, she kind of, you know, she wants she just, it though. She bends eventually as well, doesn't she? So it's just, it's just like that, like, like kind of awkwardness, you know. If you've been there and you haven't got too much experience in it, I guess. So, I mean, I've sort of been in situations where well, going to a boyfriend, has like you know, sixteen, seventeen, or whatever, and it's all a bit awkward, and it's very much kind of like like a teenage colour romance almost. But you've got two people who.
2: Did you find Stallone a sensitive lover, or was it, or was it not exactly the same
0: situation? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it's a similar sort of thing, but I guess kind of, it's more. Obviously because, you know, he's from from that kind of sort of tough background and she's just really shy. But instead of having a teenagers it's got two kind of 30-somethings from, well, it's from a of the, you know, the, the opposite system. end of the tracks, really.
2: Chris has said how naive and childlike he is. You've just yeah, said definitely. similar situation at 16 or 17. She's 30. Well, They're exactly. both this is it. well They're behind both... the curve in terms of life development. Yeah,
0: uh, where they should be, for sure.
1: So I think it kind of plays OK. I mean, I I did, watching this, like the the other night, I just feel a little bit uh, okay. This is, this is this is a little bit.
2: He's pushing this, this a bit too much.
1: This is, but you know, a bit of, I was thinking maybe at the time and the and the characters that they are, you know, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll be watching it through like different different lenses. Like I guess I think it plays well. It, it plays okay enough because you kind of know the characters. You know, you know, Rocky's not malicious. You you mm. know you know what he's trying to do, and you know if she'd
2: have really insisted, no, either yeah. we do believe he'd stop.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that you know. There's no. There's no allegations of you know. It's, it's not. It's not completely one-sided. You know, she does Ben Tim sort of thing because you know she wants to.
1: Yeah, it's like he, he has to kind of like keep making the move. He has to keep sort of pushing things forward to to get. It's going to happen sooner or later. C- kind of, because like you know, she, she is that
2: sort of. You know, I actually think quite the opposite, Becca. I I, I think that I think in his head, if it doesn't happen now, he's never going to get her out of the house again. No, that's it. She's been nervous all night. He hasn't got her to relax at all. He's tried to get her to sit down. And whilst you could look at that scene of, oh, he wanted to make a pass at her, you could also read that entirely as he was trying to get her to relax. And yeah, she wasn't... Trying. She she wants to go home. And I just think he's thinking, if not now, this probably won't ever he's, happen again.
0: No, never going to escape. But now you can you can see later on, I think... You can, you obviously, you get the idea that she's painfully shy. Um... But then obviously you find out that she's obviously being sort of physically and verbally and emotionally abused by Paulie. Um,
2: she might well be being physically abused. She might well be.
0: Well, I've, I've, you know, as a kind of running theme, is like if he's not late, you know, if he's late 10 minutes and to hospital sort of thing, and every kind of scene you kind of see him having a nip from, you know, from a bottle or something that he's got sashed away in his pocket. I mean, he sort of, you know, drinks. He's probably he drinks lashed
2: he's... out at her at times. Well, no, the this film is it, exactly. go there because we have to tolerate Paulie.
0: No, because it's um, because it's all about Rocky, and you know we need a separate story for that. But um, yeah, you kind of get to understand why. But yeah, this is—I must say—this this sort of first romantic scene between them um, after the ice skating sequence. Um, yeah, is one I found a bit difficult <laughs> to watch, yeah. um, just because it was a and, little bit uh, awkward.
2: The film goes really Hollywood for a minute as well, because he shags her fit. <laughs> How many films does he literally that happen,
0: does. It? He literally does.
2: In the next scene, he's like glasses off and a woman. It's, it's got
0: this amazing. It's white like oh, and, oh, you know, oh, oh, everything.
1: All, all she needs was a good boning, and now, like, know, and now she's got, got her
0: confidence. confidence.
2: And the hair just suddenly, uh, you know, untousled and uh, you know, our iPhones and and, and
0: it's just like literally a physical transformation, all by us. Yes. Quick.
2: Ooh. So yeah, if you're lacking confidence, ladies, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll just phone him up for hello. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's got to be around now. He's invited to uh, the promoter's office.
1: Yeah, because like he gets basically he goes
2: in to see Mickey. This is where he gets chewed out by Mickey. He goes into the office. It's at the start of this episode, actually, folks. He goes in to see Mickey, and Mickey says, "There were some people here for you. They want sparring partners for Creed." And Rocky says, "Oh, you put me on. They must want sparring partners for yeah. Creed." <laughs> it's like I just, <laughs> I just said, said that. that and that's where he really lets go as to why. And it's great because it's a nice if you think structurally. The very next scene is going to be he's offered a way out of this life. So the very last scene before that, Ricky, Mickey's telling him exactly what where he's gone wrong with mm. his life. Perfect, really.
1: And uh, so, where do we go from here? Sorry, I don't know. I don't know. Don't remember the next scene.
2: I'm, well, it, uh, apologies, listeners, if we do get this wrong because we're going from memory, even though we watched it from today. But it's actually a surprisingly simple and dense film in one go. Yeah, it's quite a lot of scenes in this piece piecing it together is more difficult than you would think, even though the story's quite slight in its way. He goes to the promoter's office, he's called in, he sits down, he's treated very nicely, and he starts talking about how he'd be a good sparring partner, no cheap shots, everything else.
0: And actually he's given the proposition to uh, to actually no, why don't you, I'm going to give you the chance to fight the heavyweight champion of the world. And he goes,
2: Mm. (laughs) nope. I fight in clubs, I'm, you know, a ham and egg. That guy, he calls himself, isn't it? Mohammed he says. Hager, that's the one. He's such a good fight.
1: So like, so, he's, so his initial action is, no, I don't want to be embarrassed in front of the TV, thanks.
2: More or less, yeah. Um, and it's almost like he says yes as a favour. It's almost like he says yes because he's too embarrassed to say no. When he rants at Mickey later and he's saying, you know, I'm going to get my face smashed in, that's what he really thinks. This is just an awful idea. But he's got to take it. He's offered $150,000, which at today's money is about $650,000. I did look that up before the film, so not quite as high as I thought it was going to go. But it was certainly a bigger payday than he would have ever seen. Still quite considerable. Yeah, absolutely. And probably not out of order for what you'd expect a no-name challenger to get. And he says yes, because the very next scene you see them watching his press conference. Which is really endearing. <laughs> it goes, yeah, no, oh, that's lovely. It? It's me, Rocky. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> and, and the other thing I love is the extraneous detail. This is brilliant writing because he says, "So the Italian stallion, where did you get that name from?" And he says, uh, "It's something I thought up while I was eating dinner." <laughs> <laughs> the most irrelevant
0: detail. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, 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 that made me laugh. Actually, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is where we're going to find out where it name." Oh, came up with it while eating dinner. was eating dinner. It's like it's, it's
1: like oh, I don't know. Apollo's a good guy, you know, and he's just like most like most downtrodden like opponent, thinking this guy's going to get destroyed. That's not tuning the TV be because,
2: now. Yeah. Wasn't it like yeah? I don't know if it's there or later because he said, "Have you got anything derogatory to say about him?" He says, "Oh, derogatory. Yeah, he's great." <laughs> 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 So, totally in awe. And he sat there with... with it's quite surreal. He, he, he sat there in, like, a row house, a terraced house, just watching himself on a little black and white telly announcing he's fighting for the world's heavyweight title. It's really quite cool.
0: Yeah, it's a very interesting scene, I think.
2: And then I think we get to the infamous egg drinking.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, we get, obviously, Mickey turning up and just basically saying...
2: That's a little he, and... starts, he starts off training by himself. So, he gets up in the morning... And there's something about the way this film is is shot that I can almost feel the cold. I can almost feel what it's like when you get up really early in the morning and you're not quite awake.
0: No, you, you can see, like, you can see it in his face, can't you? You also when he sort of leaves the house and you can see like his breath, not like, in front of him. And it does feel like you know. it's and the, it's, a on the morning morning. It's freezing.
2: The, news- the morning newspapers are being unloaded from the van. Yeah, and stuff just I stuff. So
0: like
1: how
2: that. early it is. Well, I I, I I remember when I think it was run fat boy run where um simon pegg repeated this thing of drinking the eggs and he said oh yeah it's
0: gross oh. he, said,
2: he said it's like drinking snot
0: oh was all slimy isn't
2: it and so vester stallone used to do this for real until he read that it was really unhealthy
0: <laughs> yeah probably shouldn't do it. I, we can't really offer any dietary advice, but it looks gross so
2: but just i know he's got adrian now but it's just how lonely it is and i imagine it is for a lot of like sportsmen well, yeah the there's a lot place,
0: of times so where we see him on his own isn't it? pretty
2: much running like, on his know. own yeah and all of this was done this is one of the places the film is cheap they grabbed this footage wherever they could they didn't have the permits they didn't have the money for the that they needed so they just hitch up in a van and sylvester salone would jump out and they'd film him running for a bit
0: that's probably why they kind of yeah they do it kind of like on the open street because they probably wouldn't have had the time or the funds to be able to block off you know sections of sections of the road from traffic
2: absolutely and the where he runs up the stairs at the end and he's struggling obviously I've said earlier they film the later bit where it's all triumphant about an hour later but um that was pioneering they may even invented the steady cam for this yeah I think yes it was, yeah it's
0: totally different doesn't it I think
2: yeah, it's the steady cam work in this was groundbreaking to to track him up the stairs like that the steps.
1: Oh
0: wow. So I've actually I've actually been up those steps. I think if if you go to Philadelphia you have to go to the uh, to the Museum of Art and go up those steps and, and do that pose regardless.
2: What Becca isn't telling you is Apollo Creed knocked her out in round three though. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> She's
0: still <laughs> well, got, got, like, oh, got go a few good, good shots in to be fair. And be like, Well, oh, I've not seen the film but everyone was like, Oh yeah, go on up you go So we all had a go and oh. so yeah. I'll try and dig out, i got it somewhere.
2: So yeah, training's going okay. Apollo it's pretty epic is...
0: training, isn't it? Where he kind of has this unusual habit of obviously get, Paulie owns a um, sort of meatpacking kind of thing.
2: Yeah. And he That's another of... thing Joe Frazier claims he invented in his autobiography. Joe Frazier said, they got that from me. I used to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paulie works in sort of a meatpacking plant. We'll see more of that next week and in Rocky Balboa. And Rocky goes in there and he's pissed off at Paulie. And he kind of hits, he hits the ribs to avoid hitting Paulie. He's pissed off because Paulie's going and you're bawling my sister. Which is just like, every time Paulie's given the benefit of the doubt, he opens his mouth. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Paulie uses that as an excuse to call in the press because he thinks he can make some money out of it. That's a real reporter they got in to do that interview later on with him.
0: Yeah, from Nicole,
2: from local TV. Yeah, Sly just said, he said... Um, there's something about reporters that when it's acted, you can just tell it's not sincere. He just said, you're better off getting a real reporter. And they, yeah, they they filmed him sort of working on that. And you've got Duke, who you'll see right the way through the series, Apollo's trainer, watching it. And he's just going... He's looking at this guy absolutely smashing the shit out of ribs and just mm. going, I don't like the look of this guy. <laughs> he's a southpaw as well, so he we didn't want yeah. to take it. And... Creed's not interested. He's asking for more coffee and looking at endorsements,
1: which kind of tells you everything you need to know about the situation there, isn't it? Really, it's like he's the guy who actually knows about boxing, who is like whose job is to know about boxing, and Creed's really not interested. He's like, yeah, whatever. He's
2: yeah, I am mean too. Yeah, or I mean business too. I think he just says as a, yeah. a line really. Mickey comes along and tells us to his apartment and... Te- well, first off, he tells him to lay off the women. But I think that's a later scene, actually.
1: Yeah, I think it's when they're training, isn't it? When yeah,
2: that's right. He tells him to lay off women, women weakened legs. I've never forgotten that. Yeah. Uh, that's true, you know, because I- I've slept with some women and my- I can't run for shit. So... <laughs> Must be true, right? I know they could barely walk
1: walking away from the bed of like shit. <laughs> there, you <go. laughs> there you go. Women
2: are dodgy, <laughs> anyway. Well, <laughs> so, uh, um, see where Mickey goes to seem now. I've always got mixed feelings about Mickey in this film
1: because because it it completely seems like he's just jumping on opportunities. Like oh, now you're interested. Now I've got to like now I'm fighting the champ kind of thing.
2: He calls it out. It's just like well, where were you when I needed you about six years ago? Yeah. And he's talking that he needs a manager, which is asked about face. He doesn't. He needs a trainer. You don't need a manager once the deal's done. So, but he plays the scene nice, Burgess Meredith. He does humble very well here, for a guy who's cantankerous through most of his time in these films. He does play apologetic quite well.
1: I think they just have at it, don't they? they just like have like they they speak their piece and they just you know, let things go and like. And he leaves, and Rocky has like his think to himself. Right. He kind yeah. of like has a little sort of just this kind of like that thing where he shouts, and no one. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like, the
2: apartment stinks. He's gonna get his face caved in, all that yeah. kind of stuff.
1: And then, uh, and then he just runs after him, and I, I expect they have like a a massive hug and a kiss when <laughs> in that, in, that, in, that, in that landscape shot.
2: I don't think you can I don't think you can adequately easily write what they would say to each other so yeah. it's better we never find out.
1: Yeah.
2: Rocky's run after him apologized and said yeah I'll work with you but I don't think you can write that as well as just the image of him catching up with an old man a little bit hunched walking down the street quite slowly yeah. on a cold evening. And then I think we get into training montages and stuff. Oh no it's not montages straight away is it? It's a bit about his footwork. He's told to lay off the women, and he gets a bit of rope, t- string tied around his legs to keep his balance. Balance right. It's funny in next week because he trains for ages on all these techniques that go right out the fucking window the moment he starts fighting. <laughs> he
0: doesn't use <laughs> but, any of them.
2: Well, he does. In that next week, um, the only thing I'll give away is he's a southpaw. And next week, he's told to fight orthodox for a bit. Oh. which he does he fights orthodox through most of the fight but uh, the reasoning behind it is not really evidenced in what we see of the fight <laughs> put it that way yeah so he's told to lay off adrian he, he can still see her but he's not sleeping with her uh what else where do we go from there
0: the tv and in- yeah so the interview um, that's probably see- the
2: interview next isn't yeah. it yeah yes yeah, so,
0: yeah he goes on tv and all sees it and he's kind of in that middle of that scene where he's like oh. I- I want so many millions spent on, I don't know, Canadian advertising, and I want hunting. 600 Red Roses sent to the mayor and make sure everybody knows about it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> send some to his wife as well, you know. Yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah, send some to the mayor's wife, <laughs> not to the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's the city of love, but you never know.
2: I don't think that's quite what they meant.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think it is either.
2: Yeah, so we don't see an awful lot of Apollo training at all, if any um and we see a lot of rocky training okay but we do get it's fairly linear in this film i mean in, in future weeks they throw all sorts of obstacles in the way that hanbus yeah. is training and stuff this week he goes straight to work and he works well and we do get the earliest montages of you know his yeah, running's we- getting better his press ups are getting better his sparring and
1: and and and, and someone shouts him, you're looking good rock and he gives like the okay <laughs>
2: yeah um
1: yeah and we do get the uh, sort of the repeat of the of the running up the steps as well yeah you know, the, the, the but he does the it well this time yeah he, he doesn't look knackered when he's done it,
2: which he should be because he just did it badly an hour before it Yeah. The schedule. <laughs> um, but all those sequences, like a long sequence of him running along the sort of dock side, and that was um everyone always thinks that's speeded up, and I did too, and apparently it isn't, but also it was a right no one's looking jump out and do it now but we'll drive mm. alongside all of this stuff is really just grabbed as and when they can um which i really really love
1: yeah i mean you really i mean you, you can't tell anyway can you it doesn't it doesn't sort of
2: no not affect at all, at all. You, you sort of can if you know yeah but even then it's not like it's really amateurish you can really tell when we get to the fight but again i know what i'm looking for now and of course i've seen all the Follow-ups, which are bigger budget, and they're doing it in proper arenas with hmm. big, big crowds of extras and stuff. Uh, I think the key scene we get next is we get a, a sequence where Adrian is with him in his um, room, and he basically says he can't win.
1: I think what you what happened there. I think there's, there's a scene where he goes. It's the night before, and he goes to the ring, and he kind of sees like a big That's picture right. of himself, and he points out the uh, the color of the trunks are wrong. And it's like
2: yeah that's another thing that was sorry to interrupt that was ad-libbed because they made a mistake and didn't have the money to put it right oh really so just, they, yeah they just went in and it was like well we'll just we'll have him point it out and we'll have the you know guy say well it doesn't really matter does it
1: and that kind of like i think because for me when that scene kind of like kind of sparks off into the next scene it kind of like feels it kind of like it's kind of like him knocking his confidence a little bit saying like well you know you know no, no one's no, don't, don't to win this. Or well, it's t- it's two things,
2: isn't like it? So firstly, um, he, he's almost an irrelevance. Mm. That, like you say, it's just well. But secondly, it was like something about this isn't right. Uh, he's gone into this arena. He's never fought in anywhere that big, and he's looking up at this thing. And even that's not right. Why am I? Why am I even doing this? It's not right.
1: Yeah, I I I guess there's that, but I kind of read it as like it was also an opportunity when he looks when he can, the way he looks at the thing at, at the thing for one last time or before the scene ends. It's kind of like a sense of like I'll fucking show, sure, I'll fucking prove him wrong. They they are gonna underestimate me. There's a little sort of sense of like a fire building up, and he comes and he goes back to um, Adrian and says, "I can't win, I can't beat him." You know, he he knows he's out of his depth. As you as you as you would think. But he kind of like does it in a kind of a way button, but uh I'm I'm gonna go the distance though, so, because I've never gone distance. Well apparently
2: apparently not long before the Ali fight, Webner is reported to have said something very similar to his yeah. wife. It wasn't literally the same. I think it was something along the lines of I, I can't beat him, but I just wanna prove I belong in there. Which yeah. Yeah. Now of course he didn't quite go the distance, he was only seconds away. But obviously, with this being a drama, you can write it that Rocky does. So that becomes the big goal. Well, yeah, that kind of makes sense. He's a club fighter with 20 defeats. We find out when he's on the way to the ring and the uh, commentators are talking that he's had 20 defeats. He's a club fighter. There's absolutely no way he belongs in there. So, yeah, you wouldn't go in. I mean, you've always got a puncher's chance. Mm. But there's really no way he can expect to even land a bloody punch, let alone win this thing. So I actually really like that scene. I think it's kind of, well, and it gives him a rationale for doing it because it wouldn't fit in the film that he's like, well, it's a good payday. I might as well take it because that's just totally against the heart of the film. If he thought he was going to win, we'd probably think he was deluded and if we, and if he was genuinely like, I'm going to go in there and get my ass handed in, to me inside two rounds, you'd think, well, why do it then? What are your goals? Where's your self-respect? You are going to be embarrassed. What he actually outlines is that he, he's got something he can shoot for that might be possible.
1: I think it's just like with the willingness to like finally say, no, I actually want to achieve something. I actually want... I'm sick of being a bum. I want to actually finish something. Even if he gets his face bad, he's like, I just want to still be standing. I just want to achieve something. I want to go to distance. I want to finish this thing.
2: There's drop dialogue here where Creed says that he's going to uh, finish him in three.
1: Yeah.
2: And you think, well, as an exhibition goes, that's about long enough for people to think they've got their money. You haven't taken any risks. You haven't massively expended yourself by going into later rounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, you know, toy with him for a couple of rounds then put him away. So, that would probably be quite realistic as to what might happen in this scenario. Uh
1: and then we get to the fight and we have like kinda of oddly, like they're both in the same locker room, <laughs> like Creed and Creed's there like doing
2: his pfft <sighs> with his fists. They're not in the same locker room.
1: I don't know, I'm sure, sure they were. I thought they were like right. oh, oh that, that.
2: cross cut no, it just cross cuts between the two. Because uh, while okay. he's in front of the mirror building up a sweat and doing his punches and he does look mean there. Rocky's like praying and stuff like mm. that. It's a different locker room. Okay. My mistake. Uh, I mean, it might be the same one filmed at different times, but it, it's not meant to be that they're in the same room at the same no. time.
1: It's probably my memory because I think I remember like seeing like Creed mm. close up and Rocky in the background. But no Uh This
2: actually feels quite serious by now, though, because yeah. Creed looks pretty mean during this stuff.
1: Yeah,
2: he, he's built up a sweat. He's pretty ripped anyway, and they're clearing his nostrils and making you know, and he's starting to and he's throwing these quite you know short mean punches, shadow boxing. And suddenly it's like, yeah, he's probably out of his depth here. And he's wearing this awful robe with the meat fucking plant thing on it. <laughs> Which I love because he says, What did you what did he he said he'd done it for three thousand dollars? He said, What do you get? And it's like the rope. And it's like shrewd. <laughs> I mean, and,
1: and you got Apollo dressers like George Washington. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. I love all this. What did you make of all this, Becca?
0: I think it's brilliant. I think it, it just, it, it does, it really encapsulates how much of a showman uh, Creed is, pretty much, because he's coming up in all this kind of finery, and his wig, and his, cause he, I think as he kind of goes on, he um, it, it looks like a giant flag, Rocky says. Um, and he does, he does look like a massive flag. Yeah, when he gets um,
2: in the ring, he's sort of Uncle Sam on the way
0: in. Yeah, George he is, yeah, it was George Washington literally on his horse, all, you know, all the girls around him, big um, glittery clay, glittery cape mm. as well. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I, it just completely contrasts um, the two fighters coming through separate entrances. This
2: magically hides their lack of money because they only had a few dozen extras here. Every oh, yeah, no, time it,
0: it, it, it shot really cleverly in such a way that you you wouldn't even know.
2: Yeah, they, they move them around for various yeah. scenes, so the ring entrances and that. When you get mass sh- shots of a mass crowd cheering, the film's of a slightly different quality. It's stock footage that is from the second Ali-Frazier fight from early 1974 at madison square garden so we rocky slices on the commentary he's like it, it doesn't even match up not only is it a different match but it's a different shape and look of arena and everything <laughs> but it works they do the best they can but they I, the, the thing that shocks you when you get to the later films and come back and watch this is the fight's not very long the fight it, sequences film it's not that long
1: well i think they vary don't they but yeah they do tend to sort of like Distance really don't know the fight sequences, but yeah, and, uh, it, it, I mean I think it goes on for as long as it should do. It, it, it doesn't hang around uh, that it's, it's boring, but it's really sort of well executed. Rocky action.
2: two, I haven't timed them but Rocky two has a longer fight than this.
1: Oh, definitely, it's more sensational fight as well. Yeah, um, but but this one I think kind of like it it it, it plays it really well. I mean, it, it for, for its budget, it does a good job of of keeping it kind of like fairly authentic. You know.
2: Yeah, it really does. You've got ca- the cameo from Joe Fraser. you've got the announcers we we see them in most of the early films, Stu Nahan. Um, Uh Who else have we got? We've got the, um, you see how, how, how much Razzmatazz has changed since then because basically the microphone comes down and he says, in this corner, and just names him. Yeah. None of this, you know, let's get ready to rumble and, you know, five million different nicknames and stuff. It, it's it's halfway between sort of old style and present day. You can sort of see that there's a few decades on mm. this. But um, I really like it because they, they come out to fight. And again, Apollo's just trying to make a nice little exhibition of it. It's a, It's a little bit like the start of his fight with Drago, actually. It's just a bit of a show to start with. Um, and then Rocky fucking texts
0: him There's a kind of different style between the two men's fights isn't it? Cause he's, um Creed is like, you know, come on, give the guys a show um, Whereas Rocky is just, he's very That's what I want punch. to say about mm-hmm. Yeah, there's was, was kind of a phrase I word to use But I kind of could try and use more gender neutral <laughs> way of saying it um, But no, yeah, I think that's pretty much how you say it, Dave But it's pretty much literally Yeah Kind of just works in works in. It's kind of more about stamina, isn't it really?
2: Endurance, yeah. Endurance, you know, how, much, how much punishment he can take. Yeah. But again, he's not that punch. Just everything in the language of this. The the one thing Abelson really gave to this film because it, it's almost co-directed by Sylvester Stallone. An awful lot of this is his ideas and how he wanted yeah. it done. But the the amount of work they put into the fights was Abilson. He filmed hours and hours of them practicing all this. And Rocky's punch is kind of just, not literally, but it's kind of like a punt, isn't it? It's just kind of a, he just throws this massive haymaker hoping for the best. I mean, he, I think he's as shocked as anyone. It connects much as, mm. much as much as knocks him down because the first half a minute of the fight or minute of the fight or whatever it's been, he can't land a punch because the guy's too quick for him. And everything Apollo th- throws, albeit not that hard at this stage, is hitting him. So already he's a bit frustrated. So he's like, "Well, I'll just fucking throw something," <laughs> and it just totally changes the flow of the fight.
1: Yeah, because also it's like shit. I mean, bear in mind, like he's not it, Apollo's never been knocked down before, has he? No. So this is like, okay, this guy's just kind of embarrassed me. It's kind of like Ali, you know, this guy's kind of like em- em- embarrassed me in front of everyone now. Now I have to kind of like prove myself and and and, and prove that well, it was just a lucky punch, you know, so the only time it's going to happen, it was a, it was a lucky, caught me unaware, it was a lu- lucky punch, now I've got to finish it to kind of prove to everyone that, you know, that I'm still champ, essentially. Um, and, and yet yeah, yeah. he kind of, like, <laughs> you know, it, it's a smart move because it really makes, the, makes like, it returns really the heat on in the fight now, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, and I think, it's the fir- I think it is the very first round he finishes breaking his nose. Well, uh, well, Apollo breaks his nose. Apollo breaks Rocky's nose. Ah, that's
1: a nice Because he touch. finishes
2: the fight and you just see shock on Stallone's face and he's like, oh my God, like, it, and he feels around his nose mm. and he goes back to the, you know, corner and he's like, I think I broke my nose and it's like, it's an improvement.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then we just skip through rounds quite quickly. We, yeah. we're, we're at round 14 before you know it. And Rocky's still there. He's been put down a fair few times.
0: We spoke before about about Creed not going the distance. I mean, he says, doesn't he mention something about going sort of 12, 13 rounds and that this fight lost, was it 15, I think? Yeah. So, yeah.
2: They were championship lengths uh, in that era. Um, Largely, I mean, it varied by governing bodies, but I think everyone was, I think all the governing bodies were 12 rounds by about 87, something like that. But, yeah, a fight in the, a championship fight in the 70s would have been 15 rounds. Um, so, yeah, he's never gone that far, but uh, Rocky won't have either because they won't have club fighters doing 15 rounds. Mm. So it's it sort of, you know, and don't forget a few weeks before he was smoking heavily. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, neither of them are at their absolute, you know, are absolutely honed athletes in this fight. But, um the music really swells around here. He puts Rocky down with some of the music we'll hear again next week when he when he trains for the rematch. Um, some of the literally the same music, and Mickey's just begging him to stay down. And I love that. And that's just as think as Adrian comes into the arena because she was sat in the dressing room.
1: Yeah,
2: and she just closes her eyes almost as if it will go away. I like all this.
1: Yeah, she pretty much does that for the entire of the series, really. <laughs> oh,
2: she's not well served as the series yeah. goes on. Right boned mini she is.
1: But yeah, it, it's stereotypical of like sort of stay down, you know, like you know, like why keep hurting yourself? But you know, right? Like, but you're
2: beaten, yeah.
1: But but, well. but but Rocky's determined. He's like, no, I came here to finish this thing. I, you know, I want I want to remain standing, and he he gets up and keeps on fighting him. He does some damage to uh, Apollo as well. He, he sort of well.
2: First off, the look on. Weathers' face, yeah, because he's got his arms in the air. He's mm. celebrating a win. Because I think you know, if you if you knock people out for a living, you t- you tend to quite often know whether you're pu- whether the punch yeah. has done the job. I think he's like, I've won this, and he just looks around, and it's just that moment where he's like, he, he can't believe it, and he's go- and Rocky's calling him in.
1: Yeah.
2: Did you spot the little trick here?
1: Uh, which one, sorry?
2: Rocky lands four punches here, doesn't he? Yeah. It's the same two punches twice.
0: So they're from using different... film. Ah, oh. yeah, it's from
2: the sa- It's just two different cameras on the same piece of footage.
0: Yeah, it's just from a different angle, isn't it?
2: Yeah, he he, he punches him twice. That's it. And they, they they repeated it and scored the music to it perfectly. And he's broken Creed's ribs.
0: No, it's it's a very clever way of doing it. I mean, this film, you can. T- it doesn't. I think earlier when you said it looks cheap, I know that's not what you meant. But it's, yeah, you can tell there are a lot of ways they've cut corners to save budget because it has been done on a two-string. But I think it's, it also shows very intelligent filmmaking. You've got a very limited budget. Yeah. I mean, look at Superman 4, for example. <laughs> there are lots of things they could have done, which are very, very obvious. Well, this one best but editing. Here, here they've it? obviously it, done it, it very cleverly. You know, it's it's a very intelligent, um, expedient it, filmmaking. Yeah, I
2: mean, it won best editing. So, you well, know, exactly. the way they put it to the music and, and things, tricks like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it makes the last round really tense because he's broken his ribs right at the end of the round. It does. Don't ever make the mistake of timing the last round when you watch it. Cause that's not a three-minute round. I promise. You. <laughs> no, that
1: oh, that, that's, long, no, that's movie magic there for you. No, but it's like you, you see all the gruesome of like the swelling of the eyes. Can mm-hmm. you have to kind of like literally have to like slit them open so you can actually see? Ooh. and yeah, so it's yeah. Yeah, I,
2: I winced at that. I was just like, oh. <laughs> The makeup for this film, and he's on the special features, was done by Michael Westmore. Michael Westmore, who did um, the Star Trek um, makeup, he did all the Klingons and that.
0: Yeah, I must say one, the costumes I make are really of high quality. This one, they're you know, really lifelike, really believable. Yeah. Um, just fantastic. Really joy to
2: watch. So, yeah, they cut his eye to keep it open or to open it yeah. up because it's full Ooh. of swelling. But you can't tell any different. They've done it. Again, Michael Westmore shows the, the little tool they used. It's got like a hidden blood capsule in it that you squeeze as you sort of move it across the eye. It's really well done. But the final round's great because it, it's it's all rocky. It's got a completely different cadence to the final round in the second fight, because in the second fight they're kind of out on their feet. Yeah. Here, this is much more like Creed, actually.
1: Yeah, they just they just punch.
2: He's got him. It's almost like ten more seconds than he'd have had him.
1: Yeah, I think it would have been difficult if you would have broken it. In fairness, if if with broken ribs you would struggle to fight, really.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: So yeah, um, and then then the bell rings and then. <laughs> That's just it. Everyone's like surprised that Rocky actually um, put up a fight. He was like, what didn't, what, you know?" He didn't go down in the first few rounds. He, everyone's kind of, he's almost like one over the crowd, not for the first time in the series. And um, what I kind of, what's kind of endearing is is the fact that as soon as he won the fact, the first thing he does when he when he wins the match, he just calls out for Adrian. That's all. That's all that's Always bothered. All these people are trying to watch. Results it. so
2: aside. the first thing we hear before the music kicks in is you hear Apollo say, "Ain't gonna be no rematch." Yeah. and he says, "Don't want one." And just the way he delivers that is just—he's exhausted. It just yeah. comes out, as, "Don't want one." It's just really, really <laughs> great. And then the music kicks in, and they, they've got a microphone under him, and he's just screaming Adrian's name. Yeah. And the result, it, we're hearing it. If you pay attention, it's a split decision, which yeah. makes no sense because. Rocky's had his ass handy to him for the entire <laughs> fight, really. But yeah. adds a bit of drama, I guess. Um,
1: yeah, but while that's good last few rounds, though, it's like... <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I we,
2: missed some, we missed some of the rounds, I guess. But, um, yeah, and Adrian gets in the ring and it's all I love you and all that shit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> all that shit.
2: And then the and end. <laughs> yeah, that poster where they were, uh, where you see them walking away, that's how the film was meant to end. I think they even shot that to start with. They were going to walk out of the ring together. Or he was going to walk out to her and they were going to walk out of the arena together. Well,
1: they would, would it end up on a freeze frame and it kind of like you'd see the poster kind of go in black and white and then the credits. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. But they, they, do, they do do a similar thing though, don't they, in the uh, next film? I'm pretty sure. Uh,
2: the second one. No, no, it's not quite. It's not quite. You do get Rocky walking out of the ring in a later fight. No, I mean.
1: but with the freeze frame thing, with I the, think it just goes. Like
2: freeze with him. The next one freeze frames with him ho- uh, hugging Mickey. Yeah, and then it goes to like a drawing or a silhouette, yeah. effectively. Yeah. yeah, I saw that one first, which we'll get to that next week.
1: And uh, there, there we are. That's uh, that's Rocky.
2: A, a very simple and complex film in one go, because the story didn't. This isn't a particularly long episode. And no. it's not. It doesn't take that long to get through the main beats of the plot. But when you're trying to stitch sp- together the way the different scenes were cut together, it is quite masterfully written and edited.
0: And t- yeah, in terms of like the structure, it's very simple, kind of like three act kind of structure. In, in terms of the way it's told, but it's kind of very um, yeah, it's kind of there's a lot of character and plot points there that kind of have to be adhered to, and you have to pick up on. Um yeah, especially how in the sort of the technical elements of how it's put together as well. It's when you try to get to the nitty gritty of it, you can spend quite a lot of time picking it apart um, and and looking into it, and find lots of. Expert analysis like we do, folks.
1: <laughs> so was it like what you expected, Becca? Were you, was it kind of... Do you see it as a, a American classic? Or do you, do you
0: kind of think... Uh, I, was it... I do. It's kind of... It, it, I, I'd say going in, I'm not quite sure what I expected. I think I expected more kind of like a, a sports film, just literally fighting. Um, I sort of didn't realise it was going to be so much of a sort of human sort of rags to riches, like Cinderella story. Um, I came out thinking it was better than what I expected, not... That I thought it was going to be rubbish, but just literally, yeah. you know, kind of <laughs> exceeded what I think you know was uh, was going to happen there. But no, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm really glad I've seen it. I don't know why it's taking me so long. I just haven't got around to it. So, ah,
1: oh, don't worry about Sorry, it. There's, but, there's, um, there's tons of films I've not seen. So no,
0: that's it. It's just definitely just one of those things. But no, I'm I'm glad I'm glad to get this ball rolling, um, and I'm really glad I've kind of ticked that off my off my list now. I and, look forward uh, to uh, moving on to the sequels and despite. The... Whatever, maybe you hear about them.
1: And did you manage to tune into um, Sloane's speech, about the subtitles?
2: Yeah. I did say because she told me quite early in the film, because she said, "Oh, I'm watching it now." And a few minutes later, I said, "Hey, getting on with it." And she said, "I've got to have the subtitles on." And I said, <laughs> "I said you will tune into it." And yeah, I oh, will.
0: I'm very sad that this isn't like a personal thing to Sloane. It's obviously I've seen some other other of his films where I can understand perfectly what he says. He's but yeah, it's, I think it's just, just because, just the because of the no, it's just because of the sound of it, as well. and also because of me personally and the the way my kind of brain operates. Sometimes, if somebody has like a really really thick accent or a certain way of speaking,
2: well, I suspect, and, and too, also I somewhere. think I'm
0: going a little bit deaf as well. So apologies for that. It's nothing against Stone or whatever, and I know he yes, doesn't have that reputation.
2: Like... With the Queen and Samuel L. Jackson and Riddick Bowe. No, of- that's it, but I, <laughs> and
0: also I know, I know I don't I don't speak very well and I know that I don't um enunciate perhaps as well as I could. I apologise for that, but I just kind of I need to have the subtitles on this. To
2: be I'll honest, I, I would imagine I the first version of this film would probably have been mono anyway. Yeah. So it's probably been remixed into something else. So it's not it's the best a, yeah, character you've got. And he's playing a character who's been, you know, punched in the head, you know, in 64 yeah, fights. Yeah, the guy is, you know, is meant to be a little bit punchy. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not the same as watching him in Demolition Man or something. It isn't. He's, he. It's meant to be. I, I don't know that he would expect that it requires subtitles, but I don't think it's a shock that you found it difficult. You've never seen one of these as well, so yeah. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's an insult at all. It's not just him, though. It's
0: you know, because sort of, my brain works as well. Because sometimes I do, like, like a character, with, like a really thick accent, generally. And plus, I do think I'm going a little bit deaf. Um, I was, I was, poor, I was poorly recently, um, and it's to do with like my sort of hearing imbalance balance and all the rest of it. And I do need to get a hearing test and all the rest of it as well. So I think that has something to do with it as well. Um, because there's some aspects of it where I did kind of struggle to understand what was going on. But I just find it helps. So. Sorry, say that again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Pardon? <laughs> Speak up, Shani. Um But no, all in all, I really enjoyed it and looking forward to watching the rest of the films.
1: Uh, Dave, any closing thoughts?
2: I doubt there's anything I haven't said, really. I mean, uh, funnily enough, I'll, I'll get to it next week. I saw Rocky 2 first, and, and whilst I would never... Say that's a better film. It it just isn't. None of the sequels are. They all have things. Even Rocky Balboa, which I loved at the time, and still really enjoy. You can actually drive a coach and horses through that film. There's a lot wrong with it when you think about it. This is the most accomplished of the series. It's not necessarily my favourite, strangely, because it wasn't my first love in the series. um But I think it's it's a real. It's misleading because you don't always get out of life what you put in. Sometimes people take. Enormous risks to get nowhere. But it is wonderful to see a film made with no money, with a guy, comparatively, with a guy who uh, had to fight tooth and nail to make the film, who made it for less money than they would have made it with a bigger name, who uh, was sort of turning, you know, coming up on 30 and, and probably thought his window of opportunity was closing to not only get his film made and get what he wanted made, but then have it turn into an Oscar winning all time classic, I think is a wonderful, wonderful story. And I think the film stands up extremely well.
1: I absolutely agree with you, Dave. I can't think I put it any better than that. I mean it's just um it's just a really nice, uh sweethearted film. Um it's you know, it it, it it's it's got like a really, really big heart in a in what is kind of very really sort of Dark grim, and kind of grimy kind of like, setting but but ultimately it pays off like really really nicely and uh and uh so any, any of the uh, critics who uh, say Sloan can't act well exhibit Ron Rocky, there you are um the Duke can pull on performance
2: yeah, because I mean there are films where his speech pattern is very slightly different from Sylvester Stallone himself, yeah, Rambo. Certainly, First Blood would be a, a real example of that, but he's not like this in any other film. When people go to do a Sylvester Stallone impression, they actually do Rocky. Yeah, and he is not Rocky. He's playing a character here, and he's doing it exceptionally well.
1: It's like you, you just got to look at Rocky and Rambo, and I think well, hang on, these are two completely different characters, and he plays them like really well, believably, you know, without any sort of like.
2: I think the thing is, Chris, he's gone off, uh, gone on and done, a, a, you know, right through the 80s. He became very action-heavy. Even now, he's still doing stuff like The Expendables. There's some doubt on whether he's going to do four. But, yeah, certainly, he's still sort of, you know, steroids and human growth hormones and look how much I can live. And I'm not, I'm not slandering him there. I, it, it, don't forget, he's not a professional sportsman. <laughs> he's quite, you know, he can take growth hormones if he wants, and he has done. I think... In some respects, when you look back at the press of the time, there was talk about him as like another Brando, and they were thinking about some of Brando's sort of earlier films that that evoke some of this this stuff evokes. I think had Brando done those films and then done nothing but mindless action for the next 20 years, then his reputation might have suffered accordingly. I don't necessarily think Sylvester Stallone's an amazing actor by any means, but I think here, he is playing a role that he originated and that just came from the absolute bottom of his heart and he throws everything into it and is absolutely outstanding and you can go and watch some of his later action stuff and pigeonhole him as something that he is occasionally capable of transcending
1: i just think especially with the action stuff he just tends to sort of like Want to give the fans what they want. He does have a like. A, he just so, sometimes when he does those films like like the Expendables. Like he, he his whole attitude was like yeah, but there's like an audience for this and people would actually really enjoy it. So why not try and do it and why why not try and give them a good time? You know you know why why, why not try and make them happy? you know give you know and then the, I think there is a genuine kind of desire to just make people give people what they want. You know. Make films to entertain. It people. depends
2: what you want out of life. The thing yeah. he had most investment in in his entire life gathered him, a, garnered him a best actor nomination, and it won best picture. So
1: it's hard to like to build up from that, isn't you, it? Make <laughs> what you like.
2: Yeah. What are you, you going to say after that? Well, that's quite promising, isn't it? What, <laughs> you, know, um, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Maybe his next film will cure cancer. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he still should have won for Creed, though, shouldn't he? the, the, the best sporting actor, but there you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a photo finish between him and Ruffalo for me, but there you yeah. go.
1: But anyway, so, have we got any fun facts, or are we...
2: Are we doing something else? I've got a new item. <gasps> I
1: mean, we're not having any fun, or factage?
0: Well, I think, this time around, I think Dave is actually revealed like a few fun facts as we've gone along so i think you've done more than i could ever do
2: fair enough so i thought that's, i thought we'd that's try, fun, uh, folks that's fun folks. sorry i wasn't even aware i was having fun <laughs> it, it's nice retrospectively to find that that was fun good
0: Well, minus all the facts about people sadly passing away that's not very fun i i, but... didn't,
1: I didn't spot any fruit sadly you yeah. know
2: there was very little fruit in this film yeah no, He, I think mentions, it, I he think, mentions
0: coconuts and he mentions lemons but he I does think, it, he doesn't see I so much fruit. I think
2: he might run past the fruit stall in the second one.
0: Okay, okay we'll I'll keep an
2: well, eye open, <laughs> we an eye open for it. We've got that of Keep an eye open for it. I think he does because he runs through the market in the second one. We'll keep We'll keep. Yeah. We'll keep an eye out for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought I'd try a new item. <laughs> Coming um, next week, Rocky's Firm Plums. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we need to get slow on the show and see. what he has. Rocky's oranges. And look at
1: his plums. <laughs> his purple plums.
2: <laughs> well, it was cold.
0: <laughs> we have to go in a few rounds of the polo Creed I'm not surprised. Um, oh, but yeah, they say no, no below the belt. So maybe not. Right, um, <laughs> no, I thought I'd try a new item um, in the shape of a little quiz uh what i'll do is like five really easy questions um what you can do is i'll read them out um and for any listeners if you're listening along um you can jot down your answers and send them in to us um just for a bit of fun unfortunately you won't win anything Um, um no it's just just a bit of fun really um all right. Or, you know, if, if it takes off, we can maybe have so, points and then see who wins at the end of when we do the film series.
2: So Chris and I are not to answer these.
0: No, mm, you could do if you want, maybe.
2: Well, it's no point on air, it's is it? it, it's a, it's very, it.
0: Very, this is very new. <laughs> we haven't worked right. out yet. But the
2: thing is, if I answer them on air, let's say I know them. Cause, oh,
0: no, we, we could do it. No, what we'll do is I'll read them out, and then we'll find the answers next week. I'll read them out next week.
2: There's a plan. There we All are. Right. Okay.
0: We're just cobbling it together as we we'll can. We'll
2: yeah. Chris and I will indicate whether we think we know them then.
0: I, yeah, I, th- I think you will know okay. them. They are very easy.
2: Okie dokey. <laughs> audience <laughs> okay, so participation. I- That's what comedians do when they're artistically bankrupt. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> welcome oh. to the faggot. What <laughs> do you expect us to talk, Becca?
0: Oh, I feel bad now. <laughs> I think audience, audience participation can be great.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So a couple
0: of really easy questions. Really. Unless
2: I'm not in the audience. I don't give a
0: shit. <laughs> okay. So number one, Rocky has two pet turtles. What are they called? Um, number two, and what breed of dog is Buckus? Awesome number three, <laughs> big squishy one. Don't they a squish? Um. Number three. How many rounds does Apollo Creed think he can knock out Rocky? And how many rounds do you think it will take him to knock him out? Um,
1: Spoiler We might have mentioned that before. Yeah.
2: Exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> That's
2: all uh, right. Well. Just
0: to so be paying attention, you know.
2: I would imagine people listening to this must tune out occasionally. We talk an awful lot of bollocks.
0: <laughs> and plus, these are ridiculously easy questions. Yeah. Uh, question number four: The poster of Rocky that we see at the end, what's wrong with it? Um, the poster the question... of Rocky
2: we see. Oh right, I've got it. Yeah. Yep. You mean you mean in the arena?
0: In, in the yeah, when he goes to the arena first off. Okay. And... Yeah. Fine. I a chat with the promoter he's like, oh that picture up there there's something wrong with it what is it? Uh, and number five
2: my dick bulge is way bigger than that
0: <laughs> I'm facing the wrong way uh, and number five <laughs> yeah, just a picture of him <laughs> facing backwards <That'd> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just <this> Oh. bum <laughs> <Larry> oh
2: <Oliver Reed.
0: laughs> resting on a carpet um, and question number five which America's city is the film set in? Very, very easy questions there. Um, Yeah, so if you want to get in touch with your answers, listeners, you can. You can drop us an email, gmail.com or you can always put the answers on our Facebook page or tweet us. Um, Yeah, I'll read out those answers next week. (laughs) Really stupidly easy. And we'll give this a go and see how it goes and go from there.
2: Yeah.
0: We'll just literally fly by the seat of our pants.
2: Yeah, we'll have a name for this quiz next week, I reckon. Fun quiz. <laughs> there you go. Fun quiz. Brilliant.
0: No, no, it'll be fun quiz. It'll be something else, I'm sure.
1: Uh, I, I have a name. Do you expect us to quiz?
0: Yeah, there we are. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. Dave's <laughs> ecstatic by it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh no, i just trying to think of something else to do other than fun facts, because it's just like, Mwah. let's try something else now.
2: Yeah, we're, we're keeping it fresh. That, that's quiz, folks. <laughs>
0: That's quiz folks. <laughs> Getting quizzical. That's a piece of piss, folks. <laughs> no, I just I'm inspired by a quiz that I took at the at the weekend which, which was ridiculously hard and somehow I won. But mm, oh, let's show off. What was can I say? <laughs> it was really, really hard. Oh literally I think some of them I I guessed and I, somehow I won but I was at like, once. <laughs> So, uh, yeah,
1: Beck Beck is mod- one of his modest winners where she goes like, "Well, I don't know. I don't really know, but I just, I just took a shot in the dark, and I guess I just landed on the <laughs> precisely the right answer." Uh,
2: that, that was the cure for Parkinson's. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, but
0: um, so that was the cure for cancer. Oh. So in all,
2: in all, <laughs> which of, in all honesty, which nice. Be- Becca's new segment was inspired by her weekend awesomeness. <laughs>
0: No, I just thought I'd try and do something really, really just a bit of just a bit of fun. Um, questions that make it progressively harder.
2: We shall see. Well, let's hope so, because that
0: was <laughs> Cause that was very, very easy. I know, I know. I think a couple them. of people might
2: trip, might trip over the breed of dog, but I think we mentioned almost everything else.
0: Yeah, we did pretty much. Just to make sure if you're paying attention and if you've seen the film, because right. so I know sometimes a lot of people don't always watch along unless we're doing a commentary. Um, or oh, along oh, with us as as such.
1: Or oh, you just Google it. I'm just, sure Google it, just Google literally yeah. just Google
0: walkie dog, walkie turtles.
2: Yeah. The rest of it. But yeah. If you're gonna Google it, be very careful how you spell butt kiss.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry if I pronounced that oddly, but there it is.
2: No, I think uh, that's yeah. how it's pronounced, but it's spelled butt cuss, isn't it? B-U-T-K-U-S I think it is. That's
0: the one.
2: There you go. That's one, folks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's funk quiz. <Chris. laughs>
2: That's quiz, folks.
0: That's quiz. That's quiz,
2: folks. Yeah, I don't think that's lazy and derivative, folks. We'll At think. all, no. <laughs>
0: well, you know, we've got a few That'll do, folks. That'll do. Yeah. Alternatively, if you have other ideas of items that we can have, let us know. Yeah
2: can you come up with something inspired and groundbreaking as that was
0: I'd like to see you try
2: yes
1: that's filler folks <laughs> that's filler
2: yeah we've got a bullshit a bit between stopping talking about the film and saying
3: oh, oh did you see the bear king.
0: how about that local sports team eh <laughs> Oh, dear. What's good on TV this week? Well,
2: I think that was successful banter. We might make that a regular section of the show.
1: Successful banter.
2: Yes.
0: That could be another item on the show.
2: <laughs> successful banter. With Andrews. <laughs> yeah, uh, to be fair, oh. I mean, Chris, you came up with fun facts. I kind of backed into them, really, but yeah. fair enough. Chris Chris was had kind of... Fruit corner and post on him, but you know, that's, uh, <laughs> uh, I've come up with nothing to be fair, so I, I shouldn't I was
0: say We haven't done any items, so come on. I came
2: up with our name, I've been living on that for 18 months. Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> all i right. let you off, it's alright. Social media, folks.
1: So, uh, <laughs> media. yeah, you can uh, follow uh, follow me at uh, Trucks on Twitter. You can also find uh, this podcast as well as the trucks podcast featuring Dave on the latest episode. Where we just talk for about three hours, nearly. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you can find out at
2: You can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six. It's also worth mentioning all three of us have been on various episodes of Smoggers Board. You can get that at Smoggers uh, on Twitter. Smoggers spell Board, spelled Board, B O R E D. Um, yeah, so we've been on I think Chris has been on three or four episodes I've been on a few, Becca made a debut last week
1: And apparently it's hilarious So I'm told
2: The episode's funny, it was all Sunday sport headlines <laughs> Which is quite, it was quite funny Be- Becca's idea of what constitutes a Sunday sport headline Was quite funny <laughs> I mean, her first Having answer, was, that was like, yeah, she's never seen the Sunday sport. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> so she was a bit shocked by my first answer.
0: <laughs> I try to avoid red tops if I can avoid, you know, if I can help it.
2: Well, these aren't serious news items. But no, I know. If you know. want to, you they're want they're to learn what goes on on day one of ISIS membership, Judy... <laughs> <laughs> <Tuning. laughs> You only get half an hour to grow a beard, apparently. <laughs> anyway, that's it from me, Becca. We're really well open. Awesome. What about you and the show?
0: Yes, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at expected to talk. You can drop us an email, expectustotalk at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook.com slash expect us to talk. And also uh, if you go into YouTube and type in to Talk, we are also on there, all our latest episodes and fun. Um, that is it. That's where you can find us, on the Tinterwebs.
2: Our episodes and fun. They don't come in the same way. <laughs> no,
0: some are fun, some are episodes, that's it. They're separate. There oh. <laughs> yeah. are all, all, all kinds of other fun there, so I think some of your other cinematro- ah, Cinematronic episodes are on there too.
2: Uh, I haven't put the Cinematronics episodes on there, actually, YouTube, uh-huh. so. Um, and I know I can't be asked. No. Oh.
1: <laughs> And, and
2: I Even It's not my fucking podcast.
1: And I can't be. I, I can't be asked either. So
2: yeah, you are. want like listeners. That's so last year. Like
0: the business end of it.
2: All right. Uh, so I would imagine the Rocky saga finishes here. So I can't guess what we do in next, Becca.
0: And at the end, Howard Polycreed was like, "There will be no
2: rematch." Yeah, t- you were see- wrong. What? <laughs> you were wrong. Lying bastard <laughs> I bet it's... he cheats on his wife as well, the bastard.
0: <gasps> dun, dun, dun. No, I'm very much looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> sorry,
1: there is no, some kid, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, there will be a rematch because do you expect a return with Rocky Two?